Hello and welcome to another episode of Over Drinkers, the Story Screen Presents podcast where we talk about movie or a movie or movies with a friend or friends. Well, we have some drinks. Uh, this is another special episode, as you can already tell uh, from the name of the episode and also my... Um, my my energy is just going. I apologize to everybody. I uh, I had to work a, a double shift yesterday that was quite long on a Saturday and really uh, jellied up my legs and took it out of me. Um, I'm hoping that these uh, Vesper martinis are going to help. Did I just say Vesper martinis? Yes, I did. Yes, you did. It's another Bond episode of Overdrinkers. I'm Mike Burge. It me. I'm the only one that hosts this podcast. And I am joined today by, of course, <laughs> Rhea Banerjee. Hello. And we're going to talk about some more Bond movies. We figured it, it had been a while. It had been a while, yeah. Uh, I think the last one we did was the, the Craig one. It was we, the, it was the fair, farewell the, to Craig, mm-hmm, yeah. For when No Time to Die came out. Yep, yep. Uh, we've got a couple episodes kind of scattered here and there that have covered like different movies uh, from all the different Bond eras. You can go on back there uh, and just search through all the Overdrinker stuff in the Old Story Screen Presents podcast. Uh, there's loads of them. There's one notoriously that where we got... <laughs> The drunkest we've ever gotten on an episode ever, and we got in trouble because um, people would listen to it and be like, "That you guys got twisted," and we forgot what we said at certain points. And when I was editing it, I was like, mm, "Do I leave some of this in?" Uh, we're more adults now, yeah. Uh, so we behave ourselves better. We both have things to do after this, so we can't just get all like freaky deaky. Yeah, uh, I think you're going to. Uh, I'm going to a rehearsal. A rehearsal with my band. gig. Yeah. And I'm going to go see the new Spider-Verse movie. Sweet. I'm very excited. I'm going to get popcorn. Nice. But not soda because they only have Pepsi. Oh, fuck Can that. Can you fucking believe that shit? Fuck that. I hate it. By the way, my dad went into a deep dive onto the Story Screen podcast I think you brought thing. this up last time. Yeah, yeah. But I'm going to bring it up again. Yes, because, do it, do it, do it. Because, because he, um, he, went, he just basically wanted to listen to all the ones that I've done. Mm-hmm. And then he realized that a lot of the ones that I've done, aside from the crown ones that I've done with Byrne, yeah. uh, were about top. Like, he's not going to watch Mamma Mia. Um, yeah. I uh, mean, that was his, a, that's a phenomenal episode his, and a his, great time. It's a, yeah. And it's his loss, honestly, if mm-hmm. he doesn't want to watch that or the sequel. It's his loss. But he knows Bond. So he was like, I'm going to listen to the Bond podcast. And he starts with the Casino Royale one. The first one, yep. And then I just get a text from him and he's like, wow. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but it was fun. And he's like... Yeah. Uh-huh. Were you okay? Yeah, we got, we made it. We did fine. I mean, there's also two notoriously on the Bond one. Uh, I think it was the second or third episode, the Goldeneye episode. Yeah. Was lost for like That's a year right. and a half. Because yeah. I was so inebriated at the end of it that I saved it to the wrong folder under like a misspelling so could never find it. Oh, no. And then randomly like a year and a half later was like going through, combing through and I'm like, what is this like 1.2 gig file that's like just chilling out in this folder that doesn't exist? And I clicked on it and opened it up and it was the GoldenEye episode. And I was like, oh, <laughs> there we go. And we put it up. So Nice. But again, we're responsible now. Uh, we are grown adults. We thought we'd get together in person. I know. Isn't it cool? It's very cool. You met my youngest. Mm, yes. My, my, my Freddy, my Winifred. Yes. Um, very sweet. My cat. Yeah. One of three. Uh, we thought we'd get together and we were talking about... I did like a, a a thing of like all the 
a, a, a thing, a list of all of the movies, uh, the Bond movies that we have covered so far, and was kind of like, why don't we pick one from each? We've already covered all the Craigs now, but mainly due to that one episode that we did. So now we're kind of looking at the Brosnans, the Daltons, the Moors, and the Conneries. Mm -hmm. And we were like, well, there's only two Daltons, and there's a really fun conversation to have with that. And so... And I had never seen either of the Daltons. fantastic. We're going to talk about this, because that's that's good. Yeah. So the main episode is... uh, The main topic of the episode that we're going to talk about uh, more towards the end, after a little bit of preamble, is going to be The Living Daylights and License to Kill, the two Dalton movies back-to-back, the only two that he did. Um, but before that, to kind of just loosen everything up, we're going to do chronologically, uh, we're going to do a Connery, a Moore and a Brosnan. We're going to talk about you only live twice, mm-hmm. Ooh, <laughs> uh, Moonraker, Moonraker. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. where they go to space for the last 15 minutes of the movie <laughs> and, um, one that I defend in a very odd way. The world is not enough. Um, I remember seeing that in theaters. Me too. I had the video game. So we'll get to that conversation because I think I briefly talked about that when we did, uh, when we did the GoldenEye episode, I was kind of talking about the Brosnan movies and how like, you know, Die Another Day is like, that's a weird movie. Like that that movie is so much fun to watch. I watched it while I was making, um, I made Diana, my partner, a, uh, 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 like a gigantic pizza pillow. I'll show you before you leave. Oh, that's nice. This huge pizza pillow that's like half the size of you. <laughs> and I was downstairs uh, making it and sewing it because I sewed it all by hand. And I was watching Die Another Day. And I watched Die Another Day twice back to back. Because I was just like, <laughs> it was perfect creating a pizza pillow movie. It was just perfect. Yeah. Die Another Day, that's the one with the invisible car, yes, right? It is. Yeah. yeah. But we're not here to talk about Die no, Another Day. No, we're not going to. Okay. No, no. So, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about some of those uh, earlier guys first. Um, and just in case, uh, right up at the top, guys, if this is your first time listening, we've got a bunch of other shows and uh, over 350 episodes of Story Screen Presents. We've got shows like Overdrinkers, this one, and then Hot Takes, Cathode Raycast, Freaking Out with Flanagan, loads of them. Uh, we're also, uh, we have our Patreon where we're covering, um, you know, we're covering like video games and the movie adaptations. Uh, I'm writing about Steven Spielberg because I'm a shill, Spielberg <laughs> shill. Uh, that's not a bad thing to it's be. Not, he's a very good director. He like, is a this very is the thing, good director. This is a thing people usually don't bring up about Steven Spielberg is that he's really he's fucking very, good at making movies. Yeah. yeah he's, he's, he's talented. Very good at he's it. very talented. Uh, and he wears a hat and I like yeah. that. Um, People just don't think about these things. Yeah. Go to Patreon. Give us $5 a month uh, and listen to more uh, goofball stuff. Uh, And the website is storiescreenpresents.com. Go over there. Check out a bunch of articles, other podcast videos, and sign up for our newsletter. If you live in the area, you're going to ever be around in the uh, technically upstate New York, but it's more like downstate New York. It's just an hour north of the city. Uh, we got pop-up events and we're doing stuff like that. They call us the Mid-Hudson Valley. Yeah, well. That's stupid. They can call us whatever they want. If you look at a map, we are not upstate. We're not? All right. Let's talk about it. You Only Live Twice. This is a movie directed by Lewis Gilbert. Uh, came out in 1967. Uh, Lewis Gilbert, uh, you know, uh, this is a name that is also going to come up later, um, because he also directed Moonraker, I believe. Um, yes. But he's also done, he, he's done things like Alfie, yep. 
Uh, Alfie's the only one that comes to my mind right off the top of my head. It looks like this is his first Bond. Okay. Indeed. Yep. Uh, I was looking up how old Sean Connery was mm. when he like when he was making all of these because this was supposed to be his last Bond. Notoriously, this movie ends with like Bond will return in Honor Majesty's Secret Service, which is the only George Lazenby one, mm-hmm. and then he came back for Diamonds Are Forever a few years later. So it is kind of funny the way that this movie ends, like not to jump to the end, but it does kind of have this like insanely anticlimactic ending. Oh yeah, there's yeah. not even like a line or anything. It's like actually Money Penny, I think, gets like the innuendo line, which yeah. isn't even really a funny one. She's like, they're like, go get Bond, and she's like, I would love to because I will stop him from having sex with someone else. Because <laughs> they're like I on the like, sub. I, I, yeah. I was. I remember we were we watched it last night. And I was like, poor Money Penny. She just she just gets her heart. At least this era of Money Penny, she just gets her heart broken over and over and again. Again, you know what? But it's it's for the best. You yeah, know? he'd be a shit he boyfriend. Would bury me, and then they would lose their camaraderie. Yeah, it's a friendship. You it's know? a friendship. They, they play. Yeah. They toy. Yeah. yeah. What's the? Is it Die Another Day? Is the one where she has Money Penny has the like the virtual reality goggles where like yes yeah you can see <laughs> like you can see through Pierce Brosnan uh James Bond rather uh like breaks the law <laughs> by like trying to have sex with her in the building that they both work at um you only live twice uh so this is a Ian Fleming original based off of a book uh, I actually just sold all my James Bond books no I did I sold almost my entire book collection that's not film studies or film criticism Wow. Because I've just had it for so long and I need to make shelf space for my VHSs. Hang me. Just go for it. <laughs> don't, I don't care. <laughs> Knowledge is power and I already read them. Uh, but I had like I had like 15 James Bond books. I sold them for I remember, $200. I remember we used them as coasters. Yes. Yeah. During... That's actually how I destroyed two of them. I was like, <laughs> what happened to these two? And I was like, oh, we used them as coasters. I think we used them as coasters during that episode too. I am too. so disrespectful. Uh, you only live twice. I mean, we're going to break into it real quick here. Had you seen this one before? Um, I had not. I knew, <laughs> I knew the theme song really well for oh, two reasons. Yeah. Number one, it's just a very famous theme song. It's Bond themes, when they're good, they are good. I mean, they're, they're, they're and, bangers. And when they're shit, they're like sad. They're, it's, kind, it's disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a great Bond theme right off the bat. Nancy Sinatra... Um, and I knew it from, there's an episode, the, the, uh, season finale of Mad Men season five mm-hmm. uses it very famously and effectively. A good show. A good show. With the uh, succession and everything ending recently, which I don't watch succession. I'm going to watch it. Uh, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I, I, I don't I want to watch it very badly. Um, people were just like, man, that season, fin- that series finale was even better than Mad Men's. And I was just like. Hold on, guys. I <laughs> highly, 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 I highly doubt, doubt that. that. But I highly doubt I'll that. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. We'll I see. also just, I'm going to throw this out there. There is no show that has done a more perfect season finale than Six Feet Under. I'm just going to, that's I'm that's just throwing down. Like greatest series finales in my mind is just like, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Six Feet Under, Mad Men, um, Americans uh, mm-hmm. is an amazing show. And an amazing <gasps> I just got, episode. I got into that last year and I was, it yeah, is. the, oh, the series finale so oh, was so good. good. It's so good. Oh. Everything that you want and also more. Um, oh, so watch that show, guys. Also, show. Uh, Matthew Riss, who's Reese, who, uh, I believe. 
that it is Matthew Rice. Matthew Rice. I believe. These Welsh actors, man, I just don't know. He's so good. I would. If I can be vulgar, mm -hmm. like extremely vulgar for just a second, Mm -hmm. and just let me know if I make you uncomfortable. Matthew Rice, (laughs) Uh I would do you understand me? He is a snack. So I, I, you see how I had to predicate you know, it? Like, that was a little you, intense. You, but, you, but you know me, and it takes a lot to offend me. He's a snack. <laughs> He's a good-looking man. And he... Um, there's an HBO reboot of Perry Mason that oh, he's so in, good. which is it? yeah, it's so good. The it's second so, season's so insane. Yeah, it's so we got really like we got really into it. It was one of those That's like right. we try not to binge. We try to be a little bit disciplined, sure, um, because now it's not the pandemic anymore, and we have jobs, so mm-hmm. we can't watch seven episodes of a show in one night. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was very hard not to binge though, because an good episode show. would end every and t- we'd be like, what? Every time a trumpet comes on, I'm just like my my soul leaves my body. I'm yeah. Just like, it's so good um beautiful tangents uh i feel like we're avoiding talking about the movie i I have a whole lot to say about this first one i don't think i think we're gonna move on because i do have like a controversial take uh, Ah. on it a little i I would imagine something that might get me in a little bit of hot water but i'm aware of it so maybe i won't get in total cancel territory but i'm gonna get canceled for moonraker so go ahead yeah all right well so i mean my you only live twice the big thing is that for absolutely no reason whatsoever, they put Sean Connery in, how, how do you say, uh, a, 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 an Asian disguise. It's terrible. That it's they terrible. like go out of their way. Like they don't just like shave him and bronze him and like cut his hair. They like they put, they put these like on his... things on his eyes that don't really look like they're doing anything ultimately. No. But the fact that they show that they're putting them there is just yeah. like Ay. yeah. No, we when that scene came on last night, we were, Tim and I were both like, "What the fuck?" Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no reason. For no, it. there's no reason because for it. like he doesn't one he doesn't look Japanese. No, it's also very weird that they make whenever he's in public. I don't know if you noticed this. Like he doesn't usually do it when he's like behind. The scenes. Mm-hmm. He only does it when he's like in public being moved around. Mm-hmm. He, uh, Sean Connery like hunches. Yeah, did because you notice he's, that? I did notice that because he's so much taller. Right. Yeah. But it's just like, why are you doing that? There are tall Japanese people. Yeah. What are you doing? I feel like I feel like Connery might have just been self-conscious he on set. He doesn't need to be Japanese either for no. them to do what they're doing. No, absolutely they're not. They're just like, oh, if they notice a white person here, they'll try to kill him. It's like, they're already still trying to kill him. They can tell that it's him. Yeah. Like yeah. you guys did a bad job. Yeah. Do they have to keep reapplying it? Because it's also for like, like a week. Right off the bat, this movie starts with a scene where he's in bed with a Chinese woman mm-hmm. because he's on location in Hong Kong. Hong Kong. Yeah. And like the his first line is, why do Chinese women taste different mm-hmm. or taste better? Like I don't know what it was. Says, yeah. And I think he says something that's like fruity or something. Yeah, like and that. it was just I'm like, what the fuck? So we're going to talk about all these things right now. Loki, I think that this is like, with Connery, it's hard because like. Because of the time period. No, I mean that like most Connery bonds are so fucking good. Yeah. I'm I'm, uh, not a huge Dr. No guy. I find Dr. No to be a little um, meandering at certain points and really gets going at the end. Like the last half hour is like so much they were, fun. They were trying it out. That was yeah. their first go. So I get that. I mean, yeah. we'll talk yeah. about that too with uh, Moonraker. Um, mm-hmm. But like You Only Live Twice is like, I think because of how badly it's aged due to it's like just kind of unneeded like racist stuff. Like mm-hmm. it's like it, the movie, I don't think means any harm. 
in like the 1967 when it was made and like mm-hmm. it's just the idea of like well he has to go into disguise like Sean Connery like in disguise as a Japanese man it's like sure that's something that was interesting back then and maybe right. challenging so right. they were like yeah but now it's just like why in the world would you do that because the main thing is that they don't have to do it. They don't have to do it. It doesn't completely unnecessary. Nothing happens because of it. And then for like half the movie, he just looks like this. He looks like a clown. Yeah. And it looks, and it's upsetting. And, but I low key think that the rest of the movie, like around it, mm-hmm. is like a really good Bond movie. Like, it's I a, think yeah. it's kind of interesting yeah. the idea of like Blofeld is. Was this the first Blofeld? That no, I wanted no, no. To ask Blofeld's you. been in it before, but you've never seen him. And he's always been played by different actors. We've only ever seen the cat. You've only ever seen the cat. You so that's never why, because like, saw we know, that was and the so thing Donald like, Pleasance being cast in this, yeah. Right. Because I, I remember I noticed, I was like, okay, they're do- making a big show of just showing the cat, the cat, the cat. Yeah. Because there's going to be a big reveal. Yes. And then in my head, I was like, is this the first Blofeld? But that, but it, no, no, the, the no. Blofeld's been around before, because um, Blofeld is m- more primarily a, a more mm-hmm. bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's in the Lazenby one. And obviously, of course, we all remember Blofeld from the, the Craig movies. Yeah. How can you forget? How can you forget? Oh, God. He's just like, uh, just like a, 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 a titular villain. You just yeah. go, wow. Um Yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> I will say there are, yeah, I agree with you, uh, remove the racism and just on the merits of the plot, it's a great Bond movie. But there are some things that are just flat out absurd. Um, Blofeld has a freaking rocket launcher, space rocket launcher hidden in a volcano and which is where that trope comes which is, from yeah exactly yeah. and it <laughs> i think this one does have some of the first like <clears throat> real bond tropes like spy movie tropes that are made fun of by like austin powers and stuff yeah like, yeah the gadgets are already there and you know the the misogyny and yeah globe trotting and stuff is there but i think this is like you know like i guess dr no has that too where it's just like you know well, yeah, the secret doctor, villain base yeah exactly well dr no like he had a whole fucking like resort mm-hmm. underground with like I mean, that was a straight up hotel. This is a little bit more like a bunker. It has a monorail for some reason Mm -hmm. um, to just make, I guess, make it easier to go. It's big, I guess. They cover it with like a metal manhole cover or something. I don't know. Um, It's it's, So there's things like that that are just kind of absurd. I did think it was funny that the rocket that they launch into space that threatens the American and Russian yeah. uh, spacecraft. It looks like a fucking piranha. That's funny. Piranhas are obviously a theme in this mm-hmm. movie. If you read the... We watch it on HBO Max or Max. I guess it's Max now. The streaming server, whatever. whatever you want. They'll change it. it yeah, they'll change it. Yeah, anyway. exactly. Um, yeah, the plot summary literally said something like, James Bond uh, has to contend with uh, ninjas and evil piranhas. And I was like, What? Cool. Um, that was your takeaway from Great. the movie HBO Max. Great. All right. I like to uh, them explaining to James Bond, a thirty-five-year-old man, what mm-hmm. a ninja is. Yes, I'm that like, was. Wait, that hold was... on a fucking second here. It's not like th- ninjas are some kind a, of a thirty-five-year-old like, man who's a trained spy who has like gone to places yes. before and talked to people and studied 
at yeah, schools. Yeah, studied at school. He says... He's he, like, oh, this ninja business. Yeah, what is like, this? Yeah, and, and he starts out the movie by saying, oh, I, I, you know, like majored in oriental languages at Cambridge or Oxford or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So he knows how to speak Japanese, but he doesn't know what a ninja is. It's fun. It's fun. <laughs> it's like, oh, people were dumber Also, back then. Also, I love how Tanaka, Tanaka's the, the, his like host... Yep. Slash the head of the Japanese Tiger, Tiger, mm-hmm. Tiger Tanaka. He's like the head of the uh, um, whatever the equivalent to MI6 in Japan. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, he's like the, the, the plan to make him a Japanese guy comes from him. But part of it is also like in addition to the really, really bad and racist disguise they put on him, they have to train for him. For no reason again. For no reason again. They have to train him to be a ninja. And there's like a moment where he's like, you know, Bond is like, we're running out of time. We're running out of time. They're going to launch another rocket soon. And Tanaka's like, you just need a couple more days training. Mm-hmm. I was like, you need how many? He got like five days training to become a master ninja. But then the training didn't do anything. It did, he yeah, really exactly. No, he, he just doesn't. does the same stuff. It's yeah. a very odd thing to put in the movie. I'm not familiar with the book itself if it is very specifically Japanese if that I don't, is what yeah, it is, I like, know. you know, they'll yeah. change up the locations and stuff because they're like, well, we don't want to go to Italy twice in a row. Right. You know. Right. Right. Um, so it is possible, but it, it also just kind of just seems like that's kind of like the the hook of this movie is like James Bond has been killed. He's faked his own death. Right. And right. he's in disguise trying to stop this thing. And I was like, but he's still getting like all of the support from everybody. Right. And they're just saying that he's like dead and then they're putting him in a disguise, but like they don't change how he looks really. No, I no, don't know. I don't know. I also thought it was funny that the, the movie starts with him dying, not dying. Cause that's, I feel like that has become, I don't know if it, I don't know how many other times that has happened in the Bond. Oh, we're like, oh, everybody yeah. thinks he's dead. Yeah. Cause that's, 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 a couple. cause that's, 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 uh, that's how Skyfall starts. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I'm always going to bring things back to Daniel Craig because um, I love him. Um, but yeah, I yeah. so like he gets killed, not killed, and then he gets sent on this mission. But like the entire intelligence community knows that he's alive. Mm-hmm. So what, it's just like the public who think James Bond is dead? People that might want to try like, to kill him, but then people still do try to kill him. Yeah. It, it doesn't make any sense. I don't understand what it's... No. supposed to do it feels like it's just an excuse to have the like, title you, have you only live twice yeah why does like, he have to be married have to be married and they're just like shut up watch the movie and i'm like <laughs> okay i guess yeah also also tanaka keeps saying because because bond wants to marry what's oh. her name the first the first girl aki aki who's, who's one of my favorite bong girls. she's great I, I think she's great because like you don't know if you can trust her at first yeah and then like yeah. it, she does uh, seem like actually extremely formidable and also seems to actually really like Bond, and Bond seems to really like her. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, like that's sweet, yeah, that's which is it never seemed, a good sign. No, exactly. It seems like it seems like a, a healthy relationship. It does. Um, she, she's also very good about showing up with that card exactly at the right time. She, keeps, she's, she she's, does it, I believe, three times yep, in this movie. Yep, she keeps tabs because on him. He just keeps fucking around. Yeah, and then and then she's like, "Get in," and he's like, "Okay." Um, and so that's, but then she gets poisoned. Um, 
This is one of those things. Every time I watch a Bond film with Tim, Tim is like, why do they go to these extreme lengths to kill him? Why don't they, everyone has guns. Just shoot him. Shoot him. Just mm-hmm. shoot him. Why aren't they shooting him? Then Bond has a confrontation with Blofeld or whoever the villain is in the movie. And they just, you know, kind of talk and trade barbs and I'm going to do this and Mm -hmm. this is my evil plan and blah. And Tim's like, you're both holding guns. Why won't you shoot him? Shoot him. Well, because like, you know, it's the idea of like, oh, he's powerless. He's got nothing left and they want to rub it in his face and like let him see like, oh, you failed. Now watch as like the world ends kind of thing. Yeah. And it's it's that basic stuff. It's very silly. But yeah, so so Aki, he wants to marry Aki. He's like, if if I have to be married off to someone, why can't I be married off to her? Mm And Tanaka's like, because reasons, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, don't worry, I've picked out one of my other, like, agents for you to marry. But let me warn you, she has a face like a pig. Yep. And then you're, like, waiting to see this you're, person. Yeah, we're like, and, and she's... And the first two women that, like, because there's, like, a bunch of, like, uh, psych-outs. There's yeah. a couple psych-outs. That, and those women just look fine. They're, They're just fine, like, yeah. look like supermodels. Yeah. Like the other ones do. And yeah. you're just like... This is a little fucking mean. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then the and then the girl that he does end up with, whose name I don't. Does oh, she, I do not she, recall. Does she give? Was she given a name? Probably, maybe, maybe. She kind of more. <clears throat> it, it's it's odd that it's like I do like that Aki dies. It makes it personal for Bond in a way that like you kind of need in these earlier ones, and yeah. I think the death scene is also very like. It's really cool how they're trying to kill Bond, and then the fact that it like oh it's her by accident kind yeah, of thing is like yeah. interesting and entertaining. But it, they do just like replace her with another, another Japanese, Japanese woman, woman who is just kind of like and is she, just so and, nameless and just kind of like and she also she does not have a face like a pig. She's perfectly attractive. She's very cute. She's pretty resourceful. She's I think not just as, saying that to fuck with Bond. Yeah, yeah, she's she's not she's not as skilled, I would say, as Aki, but she holds her own. Mm-hmm. She was hiking up that fucking mountain wearing a bikini and little flimsy shoes, mm-hmm. and then Bond is like, "Okay, now we know what's going on over here. We know that there's like a bunker under the volcano. I'm going to deal with this. You go back and get Tanaka." Which means hiking up and down the mountain again, and then swimming <laughs> back to shore. And she, I mean, like, she's not wearing clothes. Yep. And she's in flip-flops or something. I don't know. So I'm like, okay, she's tough. This girl is tough. If she can do all of that. She can hold her own. Yeah, she can hold her own. Like, so could Aki. Like, can't yeah, we just, exactly. like, keep Why this we? going? Yeah, exactly. Like, no, it's got to be more than one. Yeah, I mean, so anyway. Um, you know, it, end, it, it ends well. It ends well. Blofeld gets away. He blows some stuff up. Uh, America and Russia don't fight each other. Yeah, there's good. no there's no world war. Yeah, and then um, uh, Bond and not Aki uh, are mm-hmm. on a uh, like a life raft, which mm-hmm. I feel like is a thing that has been done before, where like the movie ends with him on like a boat or a life raft with yeah. the lady of the moment. And then it's like, ha ha, what are they going to do on that life raft? Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of uh, aquatic relations. Yes. You know, in Bond movies and yes. in, in a lot of these ones too. Yeah. I mean, Thunderball was oh. in general. Was just... <laughs> Thunderball was special. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel like that's kind of, that's kind of all I wanted to say about yeah. it. But I think it's a, it's, it was a good movie to have watched because it sort of sets like the, that's the benchmark. That's the framework. That's like, this is a Bond movie. This is what a Bond movie is. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, now we can talk about, like, what happened when, like, 
the casting changes started happening and the times started changing yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Um, so what do you think? Do you want to, do you have any, any, any lingering thoughts on You Only Live Twice? Uh, I really, really do not. Um, again, like it was just, it's an interesting enough movie. It's fun that they go to Japan. They, mm-hmm. I'm sure that that was even more exciting and thrilling back in like the sixties when it's like yeah. the only way to really see a lot of these places was like at the movies, like yeah. kind of thing. So yeah. that's, you know, that's kind of the appeal of the globe trottingness of bomb movies. Right. Um, but for the most part, I, fi- I feel like this one is kind of notorious for, you know, it's not the last Bond. It would have been so weird if it ended up being because, you know, he made Diamonds Are Forever eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, Never Say Never Again, like years and years later, just for the moolah. Uh, but yeah, it, it's kind of upset. It's, it it kind of sucks that the legacy for this one that is actually like a pretty good Bond movie just has like this like aspect of like... Extreme racism. Yeah, that's just like... It doesn't even need to be there. It would be one thing if it's like, you know, we've spoken about Temple of Doom before. And it's yeah, just kind of yeah. like the racist elements don't need to be there. However, the thing, the racism that's happening either on purpose or by accident is based off of things that need to be, that are functioning the plot. They right. are there. Right. They don't, they might not need to comment on it the way that they are, but it needs to be there. Him being disguised as a Japanese person does not need to be a part of the plot. No, it does not. And him marrying like a white, like all that, like you yeah. can just take that out and he's just in hiding and he's training with them. Yeah. There's no and reason to and he's make him up, look like that. They've partnered him up with, she could have pretended to be his wife. Yes. They didn't need to actually marry him it's off. The, it's so fucking weird. Yeah. All right. Moonraker. Moonraker. Okay. So I am going to. I feel bad because I remember when we were discussing the movies to watch for this podcast, Mm -hmm. I think I'm the one who put Moonraker out there because you were saying we should pick a more. Mm -hmm. And I said, let's do Moonraker. And then I watched Moonraker again. And I was like, this movie fucking sucks. It does. Yep. This is a terrible movie. And it also exemplifies, and this is where I'm going to get canceled. Mm. I don't fuck with these Roger Moore Bonds. So I no, don't like. We talked them. about this before. Is like, yeah. more is not my cup of tea. No, I like some of them like a lot. I love Live and Let Die. I um, uh, yeah, Live and Let Die would be good if they had truncated that car chase scene and yep. taken out the hit cop. Yes, uh, I like A View to a Kill just because of how like batshit bananas it is. Because mm-hmm. Roger Moore mm-hmm. is like seventy-seven years old when he's fucking <laughs> making these things, and you're just like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but for the most part, he's not my cup of tea. He's not my choice for... for no, Bond. he's too much of a dandy. He's too much of a fop. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that Connery did a really good job. And you see a little bit of this in, in You Only Live Twice, where he balances the sort of like brutish energy that a James Bond must have mm-hmm. with kind of like the wit and the little wisecracks and the little quips. Mm-hmm. And Roger Moore was just all yeah. quips and wisecracks. I didn't believe that he was tough. I didn't believe that he was trained to do anything. Like, I didn't believe that he, you know, like they put him through. You see in the Daniel Craig films the and, and even in the Pierce Brosnan films, the physical training that these MI6 agents have to go through in order to be allowed out in the field. <laughs> I don't believe for a minute Roger Moore did any of that. Well, notoriously too, he's one of the oldest cast. Like he started it when he was 45. Right. And he did the most movies. He like did the not most over movie. the longest amount of time, but he did the most movies. He did the movies. most movies, yeah. And it's just like again, like by the time he's done making them, like he's like almost I think he's in his sixties. And it's yeah. like 
why are we doing this? Like, yeah. And they're trying to make him look younger and just keep him going. And like, it, it's it like, just... it's like that Wooderson shit from Days and Confused. It's just like, <laughs> you know, he keeps getting older and the girls stay the same age. Yep. And yep. Uh, it just starts getting weirder and weirder, which is kind of why I like A View to a Kill because it's Grace Jones. And you just kind of oh, like, yeah. this would never in a million fucking years happen. Yeah. But Grace Jones sells it. Yeah. Uh, makes it work. Because she's a fucking badass. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, I don't, I don't believe that he's, a, I don't believe that he's an MI6 agent. I don't. Mm. He's a guy in a suit who just is just a nonstop, like, wisecracker, innuendo maker. Ha 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 ha. I'm so witty. I am James Bond. And I'm like, that's not who James Bond is. Yeah. I mean, that's who they turned him into that's to make it more yeah. family friendly. Yeah. Uh, increased sales. I mean, it was important to get a more in here, and it's actually kind of good that we picked one of the later ones, just because the conversation we're going to have about Dalton, you know, mm. coming off of, like, the coattails of more, it's like, right. well, they were really trying to change things up and take a 180. They were, they they were, were trying were. to go not even just back to, you know, like, the kind of, like, brutishness of Connery's era, but also a little bit more to like the books, which are, you know, are darker in tone mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And we'll mm -hmm. talk more about that yeah. there, but you know, Moonraker, one of the biggest things that sucks about it, that's also extremely interesting and, mm -hmm. and, and exciting to talk about, but not to watch is that um, <laughs> it's notoriously like it's James Bond in space. The movie is two hours long and he does not go to space until the last half hour. If that, like, I think it's even less. The rest of it, he's just like hanging out. Uh, yeah. I think he's like in South America or something like that. There's a lot of traveling. A lot, a lot of, of traveling, traveling in that one. It's kind of hard to like grab onto because they're just constantly going to different places, um, which is part of like the Bond movies. But this one just seems like like it's on like fucking Adderall or something. Yeah. And then there's, going. I mean, like the big bad, this is one of those movies too where I was just kind of like, why isn't Blofeld the villain in this one? Because the, the because what's his name? Drax. Drax. Yep. Like Drax's mission, his evil mission. I mean, basically, it's eugenics. It's it's fucked. Yep. But th that also seems like something Blofeld would be into. I mean, a lot of the Bond bad guys, especially the more ones, are you know, for the most part, there are definitely exceptions. They're like Blofeld coded. Yeah. You know, like yeah. most Bond villains in general are like kind of blo like you can kind of see any of the villains. You know, like you could Safin from No Time to Die. Sure. I mean, he is Blofeld Inspector. Um. You know, that's like, the thing was like that was the first time Blofeld came back yeah was, yes was after in, the more movies after yeah. the, well yeah and he he wasn't there was no Blofeld in the in the Brosnan movies no nope. no because they didn't have rights to like the Spectre kind of name oh. which is also why in Quantum of Solace it's called Quantum even though it is Spectre it is they couldn't Spectre. use Spectre oh, okay. and they were trying to get the rights for it in time of release but because of the writer's strike they couldn't change anything in the script oh. so even if they got Spectre it had to be go. quantum. It's fun stuff. Yeah. The writer's strike. The writer's strike. Oh, very timely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very timely. timely. Um, yeah, no, Moonraker's... Just go ahead and make Moon Deadpool Moon 3. Nothing bad about it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Moonraker's terrible. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. Bad. Um, I do like that they use a bunch... This is obviously coming out just like a couple years after Star Wars. And, and, that's, and that's the thing. That's the thing. The film immediately pr uh, prior to Moonraker was... Spy Who Loved Me. That was this, okay. Because it's the Jaws one. Yeah, right? it's the Jaws, right. And they- Because they bring Jaws back. <laughs> Jaws fever had gripped the nation. Yeah. And then, I think after that, they wanted to do For Your Eyes Only. So the end of The Spy Who Loved Me says mm -hmm. James Bond will return in For Your Eyes Only. Mm -hmm. But then Star Wars happened, 
and the producers and oh, everybody yeah. was like, oh, and the studio was like, oh, fuck, we got to get on this. Mm-hmm. So they kind of ignored the fact that they had promised Mm -hmm. to do for your eyes only and they did moonraker so that they could put james bond in space because they're like space people are into that now space it is funny that they use sound effects from star wars and from 2001 a space odyssey (laughs) they use sound effects (laughs) specifically from that and i double checked that because like i was hearing sound effects where i'm like that sounds like the thing in Star Wars, like the, that sounds like that droid or that's because I've seen those movies so much, like the sound effects are in my head. Yeah. And they were just like ripping sound effects from all these space movies to put in their space movie. It's, yeah. But we, again, they don't go to space until, they don't, until uh, I, I want to say it's even less than half. I, I want to say it they spent 20 minutes in space, It's max. something like that, yeah. And then I will give the movie this. The battle in space with like laser guns and stuff, like actually in space with all the astronauts mm-hmm. like fighting each other. Pretty cool. Yeah, and so why do they why why did they only have it for fifteen twenty (laughs) minutes? Probably money. (laughs) They were like, just make everything else normal. Make everything else normal, and we'll go into space, and then we'll call this the James Bond space movie. I don't know. Yeah. So there's that. There's the fact that Roger Moore is is getting noticeably old, and that's the the thing that I, again, you know how I bring things back to Craig. They built into the Daniel Craig version of James Bond the fact that he was aging. They built that into the yeah. character, and, and that was, and that's a how, little too early in my opinion. A little too but, early, because you know, Skyfall is his third one, and they're already just like you're fucking old. Man. Yeah, like, yeah, he's like forty two. Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's like a huge theme of the movie yeah. of like you know, but they baked that into that ver- when they did the reboot, and they were you know mm-hmm. like this is the version of Bond we get. They baked that into the character, and that's what allowed them because you know Daniel Craig I think has the longest span. Yes. Of even though he only did five, mm-hmm. it was over. A, that's the longest stretch of time right. yep. anybody has played the character. So obviously, you see Bond at Casino, uh, you know Daniel Craig in Casino Royale, and he's a fresh-faced, lovely little blonde boy. Mm-hmm. And then you see him in No Time to Die, and you're like, "Fuck, he got old. He got old." But you, but he's they, fifty in No Time. To he's die. fifty. Oh yeah. So like, but I mean, they, he's still not like fucking. He's not one hundred and seven yeah. like Roger Moore is in <laughs> *Of You to a Kill*. But yeah, but they, but the thing is, like, they they baked that into the character early on, maybe too early, but early on, so that that's a theme, that's an mm-hmm. ongoing theme in the movies, and it excuses the fact that you can see that Daniel Craig is aging every time we see him in a new movie. They don't, they never did that with the Roger Moore movies. We mm-hmm. were just supposed to believe that that was the same James Bond yeah. that we met. In, I mean, that's the know. kind of fun. That's the fun thing about Bond is like there is like a, a there there's somewhat of like um like a connection between the movies. Like sometimes they'll like they love bringing up Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Like they just they love mentioning the fact that Bond had a wife at one point. They do post that even though it's like it doesn't make sense in the grand scheme of everything. Right, but right. they they're just like this is the same guy, but also kind of like. <laughs> You know, not all of these things happen to him, right. maybe. Right. The Dalton, the more into the Dalton is kind of fun because they are kind of like trying to play off of the fact that this isn't a reboot, but this is a different approach to the character, but everything has already happened. Yeah. Like, yeah. they literally bring up the Lazenby movie in, um, I think, License to Kill. Yeah. Like, they bring him like, oh, you yeah. used to have a wife. Yeah, exactly. A long time ago. I'm Felix Leiter. I'm his <laughs> friend. I'm played by two different people in these movies. <laughs> Because John, John Terry plays Lighter in um, Jack's dad from Lost, plays Lighter oh. in Living Daylights. 
And then uh, there we go. Then okay. the other, we'll get. We'll talk about that again. Um, Moonraker, you got anything else on that? Uh, I feel like we've kind of made fun of it. We've made as we've, much as we we've need made to. fun of it as much as we need to. I just I, I will I I know that there are people out there who really love the Roger Moore Bond yes. films. I do and not. I you I don't. I am not going to try to yuck anybody's yums. Exactly. Okay? No, I'm not either. But I am going to say that they are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different thing. It is very funny that it's like such a different... It feels like a different character. Yeah. It feels like a I different mean, the character. the movies are very different from the Craig movies. It's they kind are. of the same they sense. Are. And I feel like but if, there I is a, but... if I hadn't grown up with the Brosnans mm-hmm. and was more just exposed to Craig... I probably wouldn't like the Brosnans as much. And I think that's my issue with Moore is that it's like, well, I grew up with Brosnan. Right. And I had seen, and the Conneries were constantly being shown to me. Right. And then when I finally started watching more movies, I was like, this is not this the is same. Like completely different. It's this not is a completely the same guy. character. Yeah. He's just like, guy. he's just like really rude to women. Like that's the thing that we're like carrying over. Yeah. And he talks to an old guy that gives him toys and gadgets <laughs> that he uses maybe once throughout the movie. Um, it's funny that you say it because like, I'm slightly older than you, but not by a whole lot, I don't slightly. think. How old are you? I just turned 38 in March. I just turned 37 in May. So okay, so I'm like, yeah. So it's funny, because like, I technically also grew up with the Brosnan movies, but sure. I don't think I don't think when, when those movies were in the theaters, I don't think I was that much of a movie buff sure. the way I turned into when mm-hmm. I got older. And so... Well, did you play video games? No. So, Goldeneye, that that's, video that's game, probably that's a too. big one yeah. where it's like, I feel like a lot of people, especially boys, uh, you know, mm-hmm. video game is not a agendaed thing, but let's be honest, it was it's a shooting gun game, yeah. you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think that like our exposure to the Goldeneye N64 game is what really got us into the Bond movies. Like, Gotcha. That you know, we'll sense. talk about it in a second. It's like I played all of the Bond games they came out with for like the N64. Yeah, for see, the I, played, movies. I played none of them. I saw all the films in the theater, but yeah. I didn't really connect to the idea of James Bond as a character. And also like, you know. I saw, I was like you, I was always being shown the Connery films because it was, you know, because this is, this is how the, the, the franchise began and mm-hmm. it's Sean Connery and, you know, I knew Sean Connery from other things that I, you know, but um, I never really glommed on to like James Bond as a character, as a phenomenon, as a cultural icon. Mm-hmm. Until the Craig movies. I mean, and that was and what so, the like, Craig the, movies were built to do. Yeah. It and was so, like, like the, this is Bond for a new generation. Yeah. We're starting from scratch. It's his first mission kind yeah. of thing. We're going to see I, why he is, how the way he is. Yeah. And I, and I love it. And I'm very, very, I don't, it's hard because I don't, I really don't like Spectre. Mm-hmm. And I thought No Time to Die was decent. It was a yeah. decent way to send him off. Yeah. Uh, to send Craig off. Um, Casino Royale is... Probably as perfect a Bond movie as you can find. It's the best one. Quantum of Solace was a little weaker, but it was a direct sequel, so it's almost like I kind of look at them as the same movie. I'm a bit of a Quantum of Solace defender. I know. In that sense, where I was like, I kind of like how rough that movie is, and that turns some people off. Like, it's rough in a different way than Casino Royale was. Like, that movie is edgy and mean. Yeah. And it's also just because like they were rushing to make it. Because the writer strike was going on, they yeah. were just trying yeah. to get through it. Yeah. Do you know the other movie, the other big blockbuster movie that was made during that writer strike? No. That was released without any changes to the script. It's Transformers Two: Revenge of the Fallen. 
Oh. Have you ever seen that movie? No. That movie is dog shit. <laughs> because, like, the script I don't even think was finished, so they were just having, like, Shia LaBeouf improvise things. Oh, and, yeah, what could go wrong? You know, uh. like, I, I, like, uh, I like Honey Boy just as much as everybody else, but a, a writer of dialogue, Shia LaBeouf is not. No. No offense to the man. Uh, you know what? Actually, plenty of to plenty him. Of you know what? If he him. wants to deal with it, he my address is attached to the LLC, okay? <laughs> Come on at it. Shit, I should not have said that. <laughs> people got to find the LLC first. People, people are going to, yeah. Um, I, and we've talked about this. I am extremely partial to Skyfall as a standalone mm-hmm. film in between, you know, you can look at Casino Royale and Quantum Solace as companion films. You can yeah. look at Spectre and No Time to Die as companion films. Mm-hmm. Skyfall falls right there in the middle. It's a standalone film and it is just, it is my favorite it is, of the Craigs. Skyfall was already great when it came out and the fact that now, like, now that we know No Time to Die is the last one because for a bit there we thought Spectre was going to be the last one. And I was And so the sad. balance was kind of off. But yeah. now that we kind of have Spectre and No Time to Die operate as like this more connected. Yeah. And then like so yeah. Skyfall is just bookended by these yeah, other exactly. two that are exactly. kind of like connected and it can operate as its own like kind of middle ground. Yeah. Really benefits its legacy. It does. It, it does. brings it up. It as does. Far as Absolutely. Concerned. Absolutely. And also brilliant done. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but, but anyway, I just think it's so funny because like you're younger than me and you're like, I grew we both grew up with the, the, the Brosnan bonds technically, but I, I was like, cool. Pierce Brosnan. Like that guy. Handsome fellow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Moving on to world mo- is not enough right now. Yeah. I think we should. I mean, we should. Let I me think pull we up should. The year on this bad boy. Um, because world is not enough. Like, you know, we get, we get golden eye. We get tomorrow never dies. Mm-hmm. We get these, uh, Brosnan movies. Um, and it kind of like after Dalton, which again, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. But, uh, after Dalton kind of like darkens it up for a bit and we get our first like PG 13 proper. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Movie. That was a big deal too. I mean, uh, yeah. so world is not enough. That's right. It is 99. 99. Which is like that big year, that oh. big year of movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's directed by, uh, Michael Apted. Uh, oh, who, sure. Yeah. It's yeah. just, you know, um, uh, a, a consistent dude. Uh, like, I was looking at it. It looks like it's just a lot of TV, but, like, a lot of good TV. Like, Rome, Ray Donovan. Sure. Yeah. Stuff like that. Uh, but uh, I think he did Bloodline and stuff like that. He recently passed away. But oh, World Bloodline of- was a really good show. Yeah. I, I haven't seen it, but I have heard nothing but amazing things it's about really, it. It's really, really good. top off my little martini oh, right might, here from my little skull. A little freshy. You little like this? I got my little skull bottle. I like it. I like nice. it. Um, yeah, World is Not Enough. Well, no, um, yeah, yeah. That's a, this one's a movie that like gets um, gets knocked around quite a bit. Why? Because, I like it. So it, the Denise Richards of it all is one thing. Well, is yeah, that, that, that no, is that's, a that is inexcusable. It's unfortunate thing that's unfortunate. going on in there. And um, her character's name is Christmas Jones, and it seems like they named her that just so that they could have they did. the last oh, punchline. Of course they did. Which is just so. Ugh. It, uh, ironically. And um, somewhat serendipitously. Sometimes mm. those things can be the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, this one was randomly picked. Because uh, we were like, let's get a Brosnan in there. I'd love to talk about that one. I knew we were going to talk about Moonraker. And I 
where maybe you didn't understand the decision that you had made at that time. I fully understood it. So I was like, we don't want to do Moonraker and die another day all in no, one no, episode. No, no, we no, want no, to no, save no. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I might have... Especially with You Only Live Twice, where it's like my memory of that was that it was worse than what it actually was. It was just a hard watch because of the things we talked about. Right. Um, I might have subliminally picked Moonraker without understanding why I had right. picked it. I mean, it balanced because it all out. That's the thing is like the what I thought was cool as I was going through all these films we decided, I was like, did we... I feel like we just kind of, we were like, we're going to do the Daltons and then let's like talk about some others. And yeah. I was like, we inadvertently thematically connected. This is what I was talking about with World is Not Enough is yeah. that I think that this one is a darker Brosnan than the other three Bonds. I agree. I think that he is pissed off in this movie mm-hmm. because he fucked up mm-hmm. and he got one of M's like best buds killed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's pissed off that he's being lied to and tricked a couple times. Like mm-hmm. he he fucks up a couple times and mm-hmm. they're big moments and he seems genuinely um frustrated with himself and mm-hmm. like the situation. So and I think that that makes him a little darker. And I think the story itself that's dealing with like Stockholm syndrome and right. you know, this kind of level of torture and vengeance right. that right. is a little bit more intense than like other stuff like even the bad guy in this I kind of like, so, you know, we're spoiling the movie because we're just going to jump into it and Mm -hmm. hopefully you guys have seen it already. But if you haven't, spoilers are about to happen right now for World is Not Enough and they're really fun ones. Um, Mm -hmm. The big bad of the movie um, throughout the whole thing is being, you're thinking that it is... um, Renard. uh, Robert Carlyle, who's Renard, who is like a guy, classic Bond villain, got shot in the head. So now he can't feel any pain because the bullet's lodged in there, but it's slowly going to kill him. So he's trying to destroy the world. That is actually revealed to be more of the muscle and the heavy. And the actual bad guy is Electric King, who's played by Sophie Mercado, Mm -hmm. um, who this whole time has been the Bond girl besides Denise Richards. Yeah. And and is like having like an affair with Bond and and talking to him. It's interesting too because this is- And talking to him. (laughs) (laughs) Having an affair and talking. She's talking to him and he's listening kind of. But it's interesting because it, you know, like it's one of those things where like, you know, you only live twice, Bond and Aki seem to have a real connection. Yeah. In- Fuck Moonraker. In mm-hmm. the world is, is not enough. Who's the love interest in Moonraker? We didn't even talk didn't about even... like how Jaws like <laughs> lands in a carnival and like ends up like falling in love because, with like this pigtailed this, woman that has big bazoombas. Because this movie is st- because Moonraker's stupid. We don't have to talk about Moonraker's it. Moonraker's stupid. Keep going. No, we got stupid. out of it. I didn't mean to bring it. <laughs> um, but again, this is a, a another thing, and it gets. This is a thing that gets picked up in the Craig films as well. I think Bond had a really genuine connection with Elektra. I think he really cared for her. Yeah. And she was playing him the whole time, but I think there might have been a little bit and of I think that's mutual With what I was talking about too, where it's going. like he's, I think he, because like it's her dad that dies. Yeah. And that's what he feels bad about because, like, he fucked up. He brought the money there. It got him killed. He didn't read between the lines and figure it out, and people died. And I think it's interesting, too, because this is another example of, and they did, again, they did this again with the Craig films, where M becomes kind of an important character in the plot. Because, again, like, that's that's a thing where it's like, this one's very cool because, like, Judy Dench, obviously, is, like, one of the only things that, you know, transfers over to the Craig movies. Yeah. Which, to this day, is still one of the coolest fucking things. Ever. It is. It's so fucking cool that they do that. Yeah. It is, um, it is. 
And um, it's, it's yeah. in this one though, it's like Judy Dench is kind of just given a little bit of meat to chew on. Yeah. Not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. And Judy Dench is, um, dare I say it, you know, she's kind of like uh, to acting how Spielberg is directing. She's yeah. pretty good she's at pretty it. Good she's at pretty, it. pretty good at she's it. She's pretty good at it. She's like the Spielberg of actors. <laughs> Judy Dench, Dame Judy Dench. <laughs> the Spielberg, yes. It's cool that she's kind of given her own yeah. moments to not only show like how crafty M can be as a character, but then also just like for Judy Dench to have fun in a role like yeah. this. Yeah, and then also like there's also some like pathos. Like Electra's father was mm-hmm. a close friend of hers, so mm-hmm. she feels there's a lot of personal guilt her and bond both feel like they yeah. failed to protect this man right. and protect this woman right. you know who has already right. been through so much yeah. right and again that going back to skyfall one of the things that i love about skyfall is again it, it makes m like one of the protagonists of the film and a lot of skyfall is m reckoning with mistakes she has made guilt she feels you know and her personal feelings towards her agents and how that has led her wrong sometimes Mm -hmm. and how that has hurt them sometimes and you know she gets hauled up before a tribunal whatever but i really i like these movies where m is not just like a figurehead who like hands bond a dossier and says go do your thing and i mean making m a woman is just it's fucking amazing that's like that's a great fucking... It's amazing. I would ask the question, why didn't they do that from the beginning? But I fucking know why they didn't do that from yeah, the beginning. Yeah, but yeah. it's such like a... What a great way to like... You know, in what we're going to talk about eventually with like changing more into Timothy Dalton. Mm-hmm. What a great way to change Dalton into Brosnan and kind yeah. of just like smooth out some of like the sharper edges yeah, that maybe yeah. were displeasing people, but also just make a major change that is like super interesting like yeah and changes judy dench's performance as Emin goldeneye is like one of the re- one of the many reasons that that movie just slaps so hard yeah you know it's and like it ju- and it changes the dynamic between bond and m as well absolutely. It, it makes and it makes that relationship more interesting yeah. because there's sort of like you know like and again it gets picked up in the craig films as well there's sort of like a um a maternal Absolutely. thing going on, which is which is fascinating. why Skyfall is such. Which is yeah, that's one of the big like hidden operators behind Skyfall is, is like that she's, the motherly connection that Bond has with M, and that um, and vice versa, right. whether or not they want to admit it or not. Right, and that's also a big part of what motivates the villain in Skyfall. Remember Silva. In Skyfall when uh, the old like uh, homeowner. Um, who, uh... Oh, like, yeah, Albert Finney. Uh, no, no, I, I know I know Albert Finney, but Weird. not homeowner. Like, he's, like, the groundskeeper, yeah, essentially. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Hagrid of, like, yeah. the, the whatever. Uh, when he's just like, I would totally just like to fuck M. Yeah, oh, Remember yeah. Remember there's just, like, yeah. that one quick little moment where it's just, like, they're gonna, like, not gay yeah. Albert Finney real quick. Yeah. And be like, he's into M. Like, yeah. if this all goes okay, M might find herself, like, with, yeah, a, with, with a, a little with boot. A, a little, yeah, but it exactly. does not go okay. No. I also, think it's, Skyfall. I also think it's cute how he doesn't understand that she, like, that Bond calls her M because that's sort of her title. And it might also be her last name because mm-hmm. that carries over when Ray Fiennes takes over as M. Yep. But it, like I think it's super cute how the how Albert Finney as the groundskeeper does not understand that that's just like a title. Yeah, and he keeps calling her Emma. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, that's adorable. He thinks her name is Emma. Well, because we never find out what it actually is short for. Because Bond finds out in Casino Royale, and he's about to say it. Remember? Yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I yeah. always thought M was just like a title that was issued. I never knew that it stood for right. Exactly. And then she's like, you say one more. Syllable <laughs> right, and exactly. You're dead, and then it, and then it, you know, like we learn 
M's real name when Ray Fiennes takes over yes. as M because he was I don't remember that's I love Skyfall and I can't remember what his name was. I mean was. that's such a small part of no, Skyfall. No, exactly. Kind of but like it's like ending. but that's yeah. kind of like a little, you know, like a little winky inside joke that you don't necessarily yeah, go into Skyfall. It's like Maurice or something. Maurice like, or or like Mo I want to say I really want to say Moriarty, but that's not it. It's I not think Moriarty. Yeah, like a like it's Mallory. I was Mallory. Like, it's, like, it's like a woman's yeah, 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 name. I yeah, was like, because hey, yeah. his last name is Mallory. Mallory. Yeah. yeah. So Gareth Mallory. Gareth Mallory. <laughs> and so that's why you know, like at the end of Skyfall, when Gareth he comes Mallory's in, just a good-looking guy. Good-looking Look guy. Good-looking. Him on IMDb right now. Handsome, handsome. He's got like a little pin You know, right there, he's he's one of the actors who is a contender for playing Bond when they were going yep. to recast after Dalton. That makes sense. He was on that list. He was on that list. Colin Firth was on that list. Hugh Grant was on that list. Mm-hmm. Hugh Grant said fuck no because Hugh Grant is a contrarian. Um yeah, there were a lot there were a lot of talented British I mean, men also, on that 90s list. Also 90s Hugh Grant. Yeah, no, we not We learned to be quite spicy. Like, yeah. maybe he wasn't as nice no. as we thought. No. I like Hugh Grant now. I Hugh just... Grant now I think is like entering his like Oh yeah, vibe phase. Yeah, did yeah. you see Dungeons and Dragons in theaters? No. So this is going to be the second time I talk about this on the podcast, but it sucks that I hope they put it as a DVD extra, Blu-ray extra, or whatever. You can find it online eventually. But you know how recently with big blockbusters, if you go to the theater, there's like a cast or the director will introduce the movie and thank you for going to the theaters oh, sure, to keep yeah. them alive. So with Dungeons and Dragons, it's the cast. Mm-hmm. This is one of the greatest things ever fucking caught by a camera, <laughs> video or photo. Okay. <laughs> Um, it's the cast. And so mm-hmm. it's like Chris Pine, Michelle Rodriguez, that guy from Bridgerton that can't act, uh, <laughs> you know, and everybody else. And then, um, Hugh Grant's there because Hugh Grant plays one of the bad, one of the, the bad guys in the movie. Mm-hmm. And he's sitting off to the side, like on a stool and everybody else is like talking to the camera and they'll show this group shot. And he's, Hugh Grant's just over there the whole time. Just like, you know, mm-hmm. just being professional. Chris Pine and Michelle Rodriguez are the ones that are really putting the message out there. It'll cut close up to them. We're like, we want to thank you so much for coming out here. Sense. You guys are the real heroes, Makes even though sense. we play the heroes in the movie. Yeah. You know, like, Makes sense. They're the two biggest personalities in real life. Exactly. You know? yeah. um, which also, too, both of them in that movie are phenomenal. That I really love good. You, Chris Pine. Do you know that? that no, I didn't Dragons know. movie is like one of the best movies of the year so far. Really? It is I will, so good. I'll go see it because Chris Pine is in it. I love Chris Pine. So it's... They they do all of that shenanigans for about a minute, and then they leave. Hugh Grant has said nothing this whole time, mm-hmm. and they leave the introduction to the movie to Hugh Grant, and so it cuts to Hugh Grant after all of that, and he just goes, and now, enjoy Dungeons and Dragons honor among thieves like there are breaks and sighs in it that are just like you feel them for hours in the milliseconds it takes it like he is just like i can't believe i have to say this sentence and then the movie's really good he's, so I, I, he should see the movie i think he would like i i i mean it's it's that cast sounds fantastic except for Dude, the bridge and guy can act but there is a surprise cameo in dungeons and dragons mm-hmm. that you specifically rhea banerjee friend of mike birch Mm-hmm. Are going to lose your fucking mind over when you see it. Okay, I'm gonna. It is watch one it. of the greatest fucking things ever done. And anybody that's listening that mm-hmm. knows what I'm talking about because they've seen it is nodding their head and agreeing right now. It comes out of nowhere, uh-huh. and it's amazing. 
and they let it last for quite a while. And you're just like, oh, you're just okay. like bathing in this amazing cameo. All right, you've convinced of me. Of one of the best in the biz to ever do the deed. And they're just having a great time. You've up convinced there. me. I know that you are a fan of this individual. So, oh, this yeah. could be so many yeah. people. Oh, yeah. Ah. Uh, um, Hugh Grant. Yeah. No. So, yeah, the recastings uh, and stuff like that, yeah, which yeah. reminds me, before we jump into Dalton eventually, mm-hmm. we got to do our catch up on Bond news real quick. We do. We do. We do. We do. Um, you know, honestly, I um, I keep hearing rumors and nothing confirmed. Mm-hmm. I don't know... I don't know if you've heard more. I, know I mean, I've heard that uh, the follow, studio is looking for a... Uh, you follow the news more than I... The, a, the movie news more than I do. A relatively unknown male in their 30s, uh, which is mm. my my uh, my pinned uh, bio in my Twitter account. Daniel a Kaluuya. relatively unknown male in his 30s. How about Daniel Kaluuya? Could be good. Uh, I, uh, that goes against my... It's uh, he's too well. He's known. a little. He's, he's too. too yeah, well yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like don't. It's, get me no, wrong. it's the no. It's the Idris Elba problem. If yeah. Nobody, nobody deserves it more than like Henry Cavill right now, who's really going through it. Like he mm-hmm. lost Witcher and Superman in one year. Mm-hmm. He'll be fine. Mm-hmm. He's just too well known. It just doesn't make any sense for that to happen. I've heard Jamie Bell floated out there. Jamie Bell is fine. I Jamie think that Bell. Jamie Bell being described as relatively unknown. Uh, hurts my feelings because I like I can see the truth in it. Where it's like, Jamie Bell has been around for a he's long time. He's been around time, for a long time, but people don't. And then yeah. it breaks my heart because, and I know this is he's probably running away from this for the rest of his career. But he is as a child, he is so good in Billy Elliot. Billy Elliot's one of my favorite movies of all time. I he is brilliant. He's a brilliant. The, I watched brilliant. all the Jack Ryan movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you're familiar. Super dad movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I watched the show uh, with John Krasinski, which is actually really good. I have not seen the show yet. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And they, Amazon, when the show was doing really good, they did a Without Remorse with Michael B. Jordan as the John Clark character, mm-hmm. uh, who's like a spin, who's like another character in the, mm-hmm. the Ryan verse. Um, Jamie Bell plays uh, Michael B. Jordan's handler in that. Interesting. And I was just like, that movie is dog shit. Mm-hmm. It's so fucking bad. I couldn't understand what was happening at all. And I was paying attention. <laughs> I rewound 10 minutes multiple times because I was like, I must have missed something. Yeah. Why are they on this plane right now? Why is this a big deal? Right. And the one thing, the one saving grace of that movie is that Michael B. Jordan and Jamie Bell, both great actors on their own, amazing chemistry. Oh, great. Um, oh, I was like, that kiss, makes me kiss, happy. Kiss, kiss, kiss. <laughs> but they're not going to until the yeah. So, like, I mean, I think Jamie Bell would be great. I agree with you. It does hurt my heart a little bit that Jamie Bell is not considered, like, famous. I mean, I think that he is a little too famous for something like that. I mean, the man yeah. was in a Spielberg movie. This is and true. And, I mean, if the, if we know anything about Spielberg, is that he's pretty popular. He's pretty, yeah. Because he's yeah. good at his job. He's good at his job. He's, he's, good, at the, he's good at movies. I like that this has become, like, the running motif <laughs> of this episode. Which I'm down with. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I haven't, but I haven't heard. Nobody will say anything... Uh, concretely, and I, the reason why I bring up Daniel Kaluuya is because that is the most recent actor that I have heard floated mm-hmm. as a possibility. Um, and I mean, I would not be against it. I wouldn't be it's against it. It's the same it. thing with like Idris Elba. Like when that was like a thing, I was like, listen, give him a knock at it. Yeah, it'll be good for him. It'll yeah. be good for the franchise. I'm sure it'll be a great performance. But like, I don't see that being. 
I no no. Unless they I completely mean, change the rationale behind how they cast these people, which it sounds like they're not. Yeah, relatively unknown. I mean, that's got some kind of a spy bonafide. Right. I mean, and the, and then the shame is like they were making all that fuss about Idris, Idris Elba for so long, and then Daniel Craig had such a long span mm-hmm. as Bond. Idris Elba is Idris Elba is older than Daniel Craig. This is Craig. the Clive Owen thing. Yeah, where exactly. It's like Clive Owen was gonna be Bond in the Brosnan era, and they were like, maybe he can pick it up with Craig, and it's just like. Brosnan just lasted just a little too long. Yep. And Brosnan didn't even last that long. It was only no. like 10 years. No. And then they were just like, well, I guess it's over. No, no Clive Owen. Like Clive, Clive Owen, Owen, like Owen would have been great. He, he would have been, been great. great. I mean, it's just, it, it's the other thing too. Like, can you imagine a world where Daniel Craig was a relatively unknown male in his 30s? Because that's what he was. When that's Casino what he Royale was. Came I mean, I, I. He had been in like Layer Cake. Uh, he had been in like Road to Perdition. He Munich. was in a Spielberg movie called Mun- Munich yes. because um, Spielberg is very good at casting people because he's a yeah. very fucking good director yeah. that knows how to do his job. Yeah. He was in, um, I forget the name, but that the movie that Gwyneth Paltrow was in about the life of Sylvia Plath. He oh, played. Shit. He played, a, I think Ted Hughes is the name, her horrible husband. Nice. Her horrible writer, poet husband, mm-hmm. who basically made her life miserable. And made I mean, and these are the bona fides that we're talking about that we really got into in the last episode because mm-hmm. the ending of that episode, I re-listened to it, is us really going over, now that we've covered Craig, like what's next? Yeah. And that was really at the height of the Idris Elba stuff where it's like, he can still he do can it. Still we're like, do what it. are we're you like, talking no, no, about? No, no, You'll no, get like no. one he's, or two movies out of him. So yeah, he's too, my he's thing is... I am totally down with like a Dev Patel. Dev Patel would or, be great. You know, you know, it, it, it's Dev- kind of interesting that Rami Malek was yeah. already a bad guy because that would be that a would take. be that would be That'd a take. Be interesting. Yeah, um, I really where's think Rami Malek from? He's American. Is, he is American. And- That's. The, I was just gonna yeah. say. I really do think that the uh, the, the broccoli family. Yeah. Uh, which is funny that their last name is Broccoli. They would never let an American do it. No, not they're not going to let... million years. No, they're not. So no, that, all, the, all that, the Brits and Scots can yeah. come over here and play our Supermans. Right, right. But, but, uh, but we won't... We, they can't have an American playing. What about Canadian? You think they'd be okay with that? I think so. You know a why? Frenchman? A Frenchman might be... Well, but they had a they French... But, but Eva Green was is French and That's she fun. was Vesper. Yeah. Um... Canadian, you might, depending on what kind of, if, if it's like a Christopher Plummer type of Canadian who fooled us all yes. into thinking he was British for mm-hmm. his whole fucking career mm-hmm. and then he died and his he obituary just came like out. He was smart. <laughs> yeah, that's all it was. <laughs> so, Canadian, in, I mean, like, can't they still, I mean, like, Canada still technically, like, has. You know, like King Charles is technically their leader. Mm-hmm. You know, that could be, that's, a, it's, that's like a technicality, but they could probably make that work. But no, I don't think they would ever have an American. I think no, no. that, I think Dev Patel, if they want to. Again, but that doesn't hit the relatively unknown. Like Dev Patel mm, has been nominated for an Academy Award. This is true. That is no, not relatively is unknown. This like is true. the same can be said about Jamie Bell, but that shit was a long time ago. A long time you ago. Know, when he no was like disrespect to Jamie Bell's current career. No, but when he was like, yeah, when I he was think a that child. Yeah. What they need to do is like stay the course, uh, relatively unknown, male in his you 30s. You gave me a name recently. So it was Jack Loudon. Uh, from from uh, slow horses, slow horses. Oh, I think which that it that got is people. By the way, if you are not watching Slow Horses, you have to. on you must. on Apple TV Plus. You need to. Gary Oldman, Kristen Scott Thomas, and 
a bunch of other brilliant people. It's great. Uh, 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 Jonathan Price. Jonathan oh, Price. Oh, that's right. Jonathan Price is in a yeah. lot of it. Who yeah. I also just uh, loved in uh, Crown season oh, five. Oh, yeah, he's I great. finally caught up on that. Yeah. It's amazing that, like, every person that they get to fucking play, uh, Philip. They nail it. They fucking nail it. Every time. And I'm mm-hmm. just like... Like when, uh, what's his face, uh, that was in, uh, the, the second one, uh, Tobias Menzies, Tobias Menzies, when he came in, I was like, this he, man does he, not beat Matt Smith. There's no, no fucking way. What Matt Smith and, does yeah. in those first two seasons then, is insane. But then he does. He does. And then you're like, there's no way that Jonathan Price, a man whom I love, yeah. I would, uh, <laughs> so to speak, I have to mark these down cause I have to beep them out cause I cannot <laughs> say that on the microphone. <laughs> Children, listen, um, <laughs> Children listen to this? We get wasted and talk about some Bond. kids that like listen to this fucking thing. But we say Are you like, telling me children have listened to that Casino Royale yes, podcast? 100. Oh, that when, fuck. Anything that was anything that's below like the 200 episode mark has been listened to by so many people. Because it's backlogged. It's sure, like, you sure, know, sure, we're sure, usually sure. at like one number like right when it comes out, but then the longer an episode is out, the more it falls into sure. innocent hands. Oh and my they just God. listen to it. Oh. Oh my god. Um, uh, but yeah. Jonathan Price, like, he just nailed, like, knocks it out yeah. of the park with that stuff. Yeah. I mean, Jonathan Price could make a pretty good bond. I mean, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> Maybe he could have once upon a time. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Dominic West. Dominic West. Too old now. Too old now. But he could have maybe uh, after Brosnan. What about, uh, who's the dude that played Charles in um, the middle two seasons? Josh. Josh mm-hmm. something. I liked him I liked a him lot. lot. I mean, possible contender, James Bond. Yeah, yeah. He's a little too nerdy. He, yeah, I he, mean, well, he was, he was, but that was because he was playing. That's like on the Jack Loudon thing. Like, yeah. I feel like that's such a turn. Because Loudon has, no offense, a little bit more of like a more-ish kind of energy. He does. A little but kind you of could, fancy lad. But you could redirect that. Absolutely, yeah. You could and redirect that. And that's the bonafides. It's like the man was in a Christopher Nolan movie. Yep. He was in Dunkirk. Uh, he was in Benediction, which he got a lot of buzz about, like, mm-hmm. about getting nominated, but he did not. Mm-hmm. And he has played a spy or spy adjacent. Yes. And these are the bonafides. These are the bonafides. He is in yep. his 30s. He is relatively yep. unknown. Yep. And aside from Gary Oldman... He pretty much carries slow horses. Mm-hmm. He is the main character. He and he's and Gary... a different type of spy. Yeah, it's exactly. not like like yeah. Remington Steel is not Bond. Right? No, no. People people who have not seen Remington Steel don't understand that that is a comedic performance. Yeah. He's an idiot actor pretending to be a spy for a yeah. woman. Yeah. It's nowhere it's near. No, Bond. no. And it's the same thing with Slow Horses. Slow Horses, for those who don't know, is about MI. There is no real MI6. I'm so sorry to break this to people. MI6 is fake. It's made up for the Bond movies. But it's about MI5 agents, which is the real mm-hmm. CIA of the UK. Mm-hmm. The Mission um, Impossible people. The Mission Impossible <laughs> And um, it's about the spies who fail out of real spy activities because they make terrible mistakes. Sometimes real mistakes. Sometimes in the case of Jack Loudon's character... Not a real mistake, but that I don't want to get more into that mm-hmm. because that gets that's a big plot point in the show. And they get relegated to this like, you know, shack called Slough House. Mm-hmm. And they have got Gary Oldman, who 
was maybe once upon a time a very good spy, but has turned into like a smelly, doesn't shower, farts a, a lot. A man haunted by his past. Exactly. And just fine. And just, yeah, and drinks a lot and insults everybody. Um, and they kind of take on all of the shit work that like MI5 just doesn't feel like dealing with because it's they're like show. this. Yeah, it's a very, very, very good show. Apple TV. Apple TV Plus. Yep, exactly. Apple TV Max. Apple TV Max. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Apple TV Prime. Um, yes, Jack Loudon, I think, would be a good I choice. A good and one. he falls into that category of not too well-known. Exactly, yeah. Um, the other idea that I had was, instead of just jumping directly into another Bond, you do a one-off, kind of like Honor Majesty's Secret Service, mm -hmm. that can be used to really create the, the public perception that it's like this is not taking place in the same universe as the craig movies where he's been replaced right this is just we're going for it and i think they can do that with an old man bond and i think pierce brosnan would be perfect for it to come back for it and just do one more do one more. kind of like diamonds are forever mm -hmm. kind of stuff like mm -hmm. craig's done with his thing now he comes back and he just does one more where bond's like in his, like, you know, early 70s mm -hmm. and something's coming back, he's no longer a part of MI6 or something like that. And just, like, right. go off of the canon of the Brosnan movies. Right. You know. That would um, be interesting. That would be maybe interesting. Maybe even have Judi Dench make a, 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 a little, cameo. A little cameo like, is M. Oh, I thought yeah. she was dead. And it's like, no, she died in those. Like, these are all different. Yeah. And kind of, like, I yeah. feel like that would just, like, firm up, like, yeah. you know, if We're we cast Dev Patel, that doesn't mean that... Someone else is now taking over the name James Bond in 007. Yeah. This is James Bond. This guy was born this. Yeah. I see that. Or if they wanted to do a one-off and just like shut up the people who won't stop talking about it and just be like, mm -hmm. hey, Idris, would you do it for one? Exactly. Yep. Just do it for one. Just do it for but one. Then, like, and you could, the but like. The issue with that is that these movies always make money. Right. It doesn't matter what the criticisms or the reviews are. So. If Idris agrees to come back to, to, to do one mm -hmm. and it's successful, which it's definitely going to be. There's going to be pressure to keep him on. They're going to be like, you have to keep him on. And if they don't, they'll be ridiculed for that. They'll be like, not only the ridiculed, they might James be, yeah, exactly. They might, do it for once. They, they, yeah. I mean, they'd fucking cancel. I mean, like, yeah, it man. could get bad. The broccolis get canceled. The fucking broccoli. You know, man. they invented broccoli. They did? The family, like, Created broccoli. This, this family does Little, everything. Little tiny edible trees. They do, they do everything. They do everything. They do, they do everything. broccoli. They created broccoli and uh, made and the they, Bond movies. And they made the they Bond movies. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you have any other it, takes on, on the world is not the enough. casting? Uh, oh, the casting. The casting thing. I mean, world is not enough. I think we talked about like again. I can talk about that movie forever. I think I put out there. The well, things that we really like about it. Yeah, I, 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 what I, when I, upon revisiting it, I was like, I forgot how much Bond seemed to really connect with Electra, mm -hmm. and that's interesting because you know you see little bits and pieces of this sort of thing. Like, like I said, in You Only Live Twice, there's obviously a connection between Bond and Aki. Um, Bond's connection with Vesper is a huge overarching theme in all of the credit films. The movies, yeah. It gets picked up pretty much in every single one except Skyfall because Skyfall is a standalone. Mm -hmm. But his baggage regarding Vesper, you know, so it's it's the, these these kind of these films where it's like, oh, Bond is not just, and this is what I don't like about the Moore films. 
there's never a more film where you're like, oh shit, maybe he will quit his job and run away and get married. No. No. You never, you never have that moment where you're like, you know, but like in the world is not enough. I mean, Electra's playing him the whole time. He doesn't necessarily realize, well, he doesn't, he realizes it way too late. Again, like that's why he's pissed off. Yeah, like, exactly. He just seems like really exactly. pissed. Yeah. Exactly. And that's also like the Denise Richards of it all. <laughs> um, Christmas, you know, do you, Christmas remember, do you remember her name? Oh, yeah, okay. Christmas I was Jones. Having a pro- I was having trouble remembering her character's name. You, yeah, no, yeah. Christmas. It's, not, it's, it's hard to remember. It's hard to remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also make a very clever joke at the end about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no offense to Denise Richards at all. Because honestly, Denise Richards seems like a very lovely person. She does. Uh, Wild she does. Things was very important to me as a teenager. Well, and also, I mean, like, anyone who was married to Charlie Sheen... During that era of Charlie Sheen. Give them a break. Yeah. yeah. Like, she's been through some shit. Yeah. Uh, it's just very funny that it's like, hitting Denise Richards' performance in this, I never want to come across as, like, what I see a lot on, like, uh, negative reviews of this movie where they're just like, why would a scientist look like that? Guys, calm the fuck down. Many scientists are quite attractive. Is it the norm? Who knows? I don't hang out with fucking scientists. I don't know what they look like. However, However, Denise Richards as an actor, not doing a great job here and probably owes somebody money right. for this. I don't think that she deserved how much she got paid no. for this. It's no. not my place. No. If she decides to maybe give it back, I think that that would be the moral and right thing I to do so for too. us all to move forward mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. stop racism. Mm-hmm. Um, it might fix it. We haven't tried it yet. Who knows? That could be the secret. Yeah. Denise Richards gets back uh, yeah. how much money yeah. she made for The World Is Not Enough and all of a sudden, right. racism just stops the next day. That, but that's the, that's, that's the thing that is a little, like, it's weird for me to say this because she's such a stupid, <sighs> like, everyone's stereotype of, like, the dumb Bond girl, but she's a physicist so she's not dumb mm-hmm. but you know what i mean like and then in the end he ends up with her he makes his very clever joke which it's is a very clever, it's joke. A very clever mm-hmm. joke but it depressed me because i remember christmas it depressed- is only one day a year like right as we all know christmas all is on know, december 25th it's, on, it's yes. not on any it's, other day no, exactly and, and then he he's like i thought christmas only came once a year yeah because it does yeah that's yeah no he's accurate yeah. he's accurate about but she's that. having orgasms Yes. Right. This is, yep. It's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, but I remember when I saw it in the movie theaters, and 1999, I was, what, 14? <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's funny to think about how old we were when I, I, when we yeah, first saw these exactly. movies. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, I saw World Is Not Enough like when it came out. And yeah. I was like, oh yeah, I was like 13. Yeah. And I was just like, that Christmas joke though, guys. Yeah. Did you get yeah. it? Yeah. I know what that means. I'm 13. <laughs> the internet is beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Y2K next year. Am I right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I was 14. And then again, revisiting it, I remembered that even when I was 14 in the movie theater and I saw that Bond ends up with Christmas Jones at the end, ends up, quote unquote. It's and that Christmas Jones is the Denise Richards character. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And it's like, you know, but it ends up with her the way Bond ends up with any... With the exception of the Bond, the Craig Bond films, whoever he, whichever girl he ends up with the end of any Bond film, it's not like that's going to be a serious relationship. Do they end like 
that? No. None of the Craig movies like end with that, right? Spectre. She dies. Well, no, no. Spectre's it's a relationship. He leaves MI6. He leaves to MI6. Be with yeah, her. exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah, like yeah. that's not just like a. Uh, but he I'm was attempting reentry. You fucking idiots! Like on the yeah, camera, yeah, kind of yeah, thing. yeah. Well, he was, I mean, he was ready to leave MI6 for Vesper. I mean, I also do love Quantum of Solace, low-key. One of the mm-hmm. cool things I like about that is that the Bond girl, he doesn't sleep with her. Because yes. she's, like, in this very uh, um, fragile and sensitive state. Yeah. Like, on this, like, yeah, revenge no, I, path. I, I and like, he, like, doesn't do I it. like that. I like That's one of the things I really like about I mean, the he, movie he is he that. he fucks the shit out of the secretary. Don't sure. get me wrong. Oh, yeah. He still well, does that. Because, you, because, because he has to. Of course. Um, but, Isn't yeah, no, I. played by somebody famous now, too? I think so. You keep going. Uh, well, Money Penny? No, it's not money. Not no, not no. No, because Money Penny only comes. She she shows, she up, shows finally up in Skyfall. Skyfall. Yeah. Um, no, no, but I like that in Quantum. The actress that plays the the one that gets oiled. <laughs> it's uh, somebody. Oh yeah, it's uh, she, her name is. Oh my god, her name is Strawberry. Strawberry Fields. No, that's the character name. That, no, no, that's what I mean. That's the character her name. name. Her character name uh, is literally uh, Strawberry Fields. Gemma Arterton, who oh, is Oh, she, in, that's, um, I know that name. Why do I know that name? Uh, is she in like Marvelous Mrs. Maisel or something like oh, that? Oh, maybe. Uh, I thought she was famous. I've heard the name. No offense, I've heard Gemma. the name. She's in Prince of Persia. Okay. Uh, she's in The Girl with All the Gifts, which is a really fun zombie movie from a couple years ago. Okay. She's in Clash of the Titans, which is not a good movie. You don't need to watch it. Okay. Um, that's it. But why do I know her name? I don't know. I thought that she was like somebody, uh... I thought she was somebody, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I liked that about Quantum of Solace is that he has the, he has this very intense connection with the Bond girl, but it's like, I don't want to say it's completely platonic because there's definitely some... Unresolved sexual little, tension there. Energy going yeah, on there. Yeah, but but it's I don't not, think either of them are in the place to act. No, on. they're not. They're not emotionally ready to do that. So right. they just sort Which of like kind of speaks to like Bond's the kind of like anti misogyny that the Craig movies are attempting to exactly in place in there exactly. after the events of Casino Royale. Because in the first one, like he's just like I'm fuck her, and then it gets her killed like immediately, and he's yeah. like, hmm, maybe I shouldn't do that. And then the next woman he meets, he's like. I want to fuck you. Yeah. And then it ends up not happening, thankfully. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. and then, yeah. uh, well, no, it, then it does eventually happen. Then she betrays him. But uh, I like that in Quantum of Solace, I like, kind of like the backup of that is that, you know, Bond, you know, he can't just be like, I'm never going to sleep with another woman ever again. Like, that's not no, Bond. That's you not can't Bond. do that. Can't, no. But you can give him this little conflict where it's like, when he had, it's a double-edged sword where it's just like, if he has like, Respect might not be the right word, but if he has like this kind of appreciation for the turmoil that a woman might be going through right now mm-hmm. and understands that maybe trying to have sex with her isn't the best call right now. He backs off. He backs off. However, and he's just like the secretary, the secretary is like fucking good. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to. Yeah. And That's she's a- down to clown. Yeah. That's the important part is like most of these women with Bond. Yeah. They are down They're to down. clown. Yeah. yeah. Skyfall begins with. Like, you know, he's he's presumed dead. He's he's like chilling in this like remote village in Thailand, and like his introduction in the film after the cold open when 
the woman we learn eventually is Moneypenny accidentally shoots him off the train. Mm-hmm. His opening scene is a sex scene with some rando. Yeah. And then, like, he sees on the news because Wolf Blitzer shows up because Wolf Blitzer will show up in any we movie. Just, we just oh, well, he's cannot a, help Wolf, get Wolfie back to is the a Craigs. fucking. We just oh, I know we can't. I know it's we my have fault. Not even talked about living daylight. It's yet. my fault, All but right. I. But there is. But I am. But there is a through line. Yes, let's let's jump on the let's living daylights on. and license to kill. Uh, yeah, we are running out of time. Oh shit! Okay, what time is it? Mm-hmm. Oh, we're f- oh no, we're fine. We're okay, we're, we're not f- in the danger zone yet, no, but we got to no, talk no, about no, these no. movies now. We got We know we do. We All do. Right. Um. So I had never seen either of these. Either of these. Cool. Dalton is the one who, and I don't know why. Um, I'm sorry. I'm just checking to make sure that nobody has died. Nope. My boyfriend made cookies and he sent me a picture oh, of them. Oh, those look good. Is yeah. Chocolate chip? Chocolate chip. Finally made those cookies, he says. Hell and yeah. he's probably going to eat them all before I get home. No, he's just got to get back. Um, no, I have to go and rehearse with No, I know you got that. But yeah, I know. I got to get back before he eats all the cookies. Um, so Dalton, I don't know why I wrote him off. And maybe I wrote him off because he only did two. And yeah, I think that's why a lot of people I, Yeah, and I was just kind of like, okay, clearly either he wasn't into it or nobody liked him or both. I think it was both. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a little research before I delved into his thing. Uh, basically, the studio was like, Roger Moore is too fucking old. Uh-huh. We need to put a stop to this. Well, Roger, the studio was like, Roger Moore's too fucking old two movies before. And then yeah. finally, after a view to a kill, Roger Moore was just like, I think I'm too fucking old. Well, yeah, <laughs> because a view to a kill he got. to keep making money. I'm sure I know, I'm sure, yeah, so exactly. But a view to a kill got shit reviews. Oh, a yeah. view to a kill was bad. It was a bad movie. I mean, I'm excited I mean, like, to talk about yeah, it eventually. Yeah, but, like, it's, Christopher Walken's the bad guy. You can't lose. But no, you can't. And yet, it, anyway. And so, yeah, we all did. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, so there was, you know, so finally, finally, Roger Moore was like, yeah, you're right. I'm too old. I'll stop. And then there was some back and forth because Brosnan was supposed to get it at that point. Mm-hmm. But there was a conflict because he was under contract for Remington Steel. And he had to somehow get out of that contract. Yes. And he couldn't get out of the contract. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, all right, I guess we need to get somebody else because we can't get this mm-hmm. guy that we want. So they start looking for, I mean, like. They go back to the well from the, like a few years prior. Yeah, where exactly. they were looking for somebody to replace Roger Moore and none of it worked out. Yeah. Because Moore didn't want to stop. Yeah. And they were like, oh, Dalton's one Dalton's one. Yeah. And the thing is, Timothy Dalton is primarily a stage actor. He's I mean he's done movies, he's done TV, but he, he loves is Jane Austen. Yeah, he's 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 a thespian. Yes. Um you know, and I don't know how enthusiastic he was about taking the role. I think he took it because he was like, eh, why not? Could be fun, mm-hmm. James Bond. It's you an know honor. and they're taking it and they took they, I mean it's very clear. In they the living daylight, attempting they, to reset. They're t- attempting to reset. What they are attempting to do in Living Daylights is what they succeeded in doing with the Bond films, which was take James Bond mm-hmm. and pull him away from that dandy fop, oh ha ha ha, Roger Moore thing, mm-hmm. and try to bring it a little bit back to the 
brutish, brooding yeah, the Craig Connery. movies is what you're yeah. saying. Well, the, like, yeah. well, no, I mean, but I think with Dalton... No, Dalton, like, were, you were saying, like, uh, what they did with Dalton is kind of like what they succeeded, they succeeded with in Craig, with Craig. movies. Yeah, right. Yeah. They tried with Dalton, and I think the problem, I think the problem, having seen these two films now, is that while Timothy Dalton is a very talented actor... Are you about to do my take? I think you're about to take my take. Go. He is... A little too mean, a little too angry, and he just doesn't have the right charisma. So I agree with those things in the sense that I think that they come from something that you had said just earlier, too. I think that, I don't think that Timothy Dalton is into this role. No. I don't think that he's as into it as you need to be. Like, there needs to be a kind of commitment and a liking to it. You can kind of tell that he's holding the material at a distance. He doesn't seem like he likes it. Yeah. Uh, In the first one, he seems young and excited. He just made a shit ton of money. He's James Bond. Yeah. Movie kind of got mixed reviews. It's a good movie. I I like Living Daylights I really liked it a lot. And then License to Kill, he looks kind of pissed off. Yeah. He looks like he doesn't want to do this now, let alone again. Again, and I think why... that that energy contributed to number one, the movie being fucking dark, fucking yes. grisly. This is like the most grisly Bond film to Living date. Daylights. Yeah. No, no, no. No, License, License to, to Kill. kill. Yo, yeah. I, I was going to say, like, License to Kill is way more intense no, than no, Living no, Daylights. No, no, no. Living Daylights gotcha. is. Living Daylights is great. I have a lot of good things to say. License to Kill is just like, it's grisly. It's also, License to Kill is the most. 80s action movie out of all oh, of the bo- it's yeah. like all of the 80s action movie tropes Insanely you can find Americanized yeah. you know that yeah. kind of thing yeah you have an Italian playing a Spanish guy which I'm like sure fine yeah it was the 80s I mean and you can do whatever you want yeah. it's just I, yeah. I always love like when that happens where I'm like wait isn't that guy Italian he's got the whole thing in Goonies where he's Italian wait <laughs> is he Colombian what the hell is going on here so you know uh, let's talk about Living Daylights first because okay. I think that that is actually a very good movie. Hot take. Mm-hmm. I think both of these Dalton movies are great. I think they're great for they're, different reasons. Yeah. Uh, Living Daylights, 1987. I, I like Living Daylights more than License to Kill. Okay. Uh, I was the same before this rewatch. I think that I have grown to like License to Kill a little bit more. Interesting. Just because of the research that I did on it and like the context... Sure. Just made a lot more fun. Uh, both of these movies are directed by John Glenn. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get that out of the way real quick. Uh, Living Daylights was 87. License to Kill was 89. Um, John Glenn uh, is a man who has directed many mm-hmm. a, uh, a James Bond movie. Uh, he actually directed a lot of uh, more movies. And actually Moonraker is kind of one of the ones where he didn't direct it. Mm-hmm. And they brought back another guy. Uh, but he did direct like For Your Eyes Only. Octopussy, A View to a Kill. He was doing like the last couple mm-hmm. Bond movies, Moonraker, Moonraker, uh, Taken Away. Exception, yeah. yeah. So I could tell immediately within like seconds of watching um, Living Daylights. Daylight. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Aha. What Talk song? about both of the songs in the Daltons. I have Gladys Knight's on vinyl. Over here, for okay. License to Kill. It's License to Kill. That song is good. Okay. The oh, you don't like the aha? I don't like the aha. I hate it. Oh, I hate it. Oh, it's so I bad. Love it. it was so bad. It was so clearly like you know, aha is popular. Let's I get aha to do it. I love so much the song itself. Mm-hmm. I do like the intro. 
uh, like the the title cards and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I like the um, I like the orchestral, uh, the 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 composition. Oh sure, that okay. they do with I, it. I hear what the, you're you know, saying. like you know the 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 rendition of the the theme that they'll play throughout the Bond movie. Like yeah. that's why I thought the Billie Eilish one was so good. It's sure. just like oh, yeah. that's why Skyfall. That's why Skyfall is so good, good yeah. too because it's like exactly. not only is that a banger of a song, like mm-hmm. the actual like kind of like what's that term? It's not motif because that's different. Um, something in a in a in a piece of music that like comes back every now and then. It's a theme motif. Same thing. Is it? I feel like there's another word. There, okay, I'm maybe off there of it. is. Maybe there is. Uh, um, well, I think I there's mean, a like, fancier they, and they do Christopher that in... Plummer word for it. <laughs> <laughs> they do that in, in Casino Royale too, even though we don't get the Bond theme until the very end, yeah. but they use You Know My they Name. They slowly start building it. Yeah, 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 exactly. They use You Know My Name. I like the Living the... Daylight thing where it's just kind of like, it's it's got that, uh, it's well, yeah. Stuff. I mean, it's good. It's in an action movie context. That's a great. Mm-hmm. That's a great piece of music. Yes. In, to to do with an orchestra so, and score a movie. When, when, I keep derailing. I'm so sorry. No, 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 uh, no so that's okay. When Living Daylights first starts, it, you're like with the I first three minutes. Here's my first question because I don't remember the first Roger Moore Bond. Living is living. Oh, it was Living Let it Die. Was Living Let Die because we covered that one. We did. Yeah. I didn't that's remember that one. was the first one. Wow. Okay. Um, I think Timothy Dalton is the first Bond who's not wearing a hat in the opening, you know, the cold open where oh, you see okay. through right. the... through the. Well, because notoriously in the first couple, it's not Sean Connery. It's like another actor. Yeah. And then they but replace they, it with Sean Connery. But they're like, but 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 then, you know, it's but in so the 60s... Too. The gum barrel things are just so I goofy. know, but but they do it every, for everyone. <laughs> they just keep doing it. And like the Brosnan ones kind of like make it a little bit more electric. Yeah. But like even all the way up to 1989, like the Dalton ones, like they have this weird like yeah, yellow no, backdrop. Yeah, like, and, and like Dal- I'll, be, little I'll be honest, yeah, this. like Dalton is just kind of like, oh, I have he to do like this. He looks like he's not into it. Yeah, he does, he does. He does a great job. Timothy Dalton's an amazing actor. Yeah. But it just looks like he's not firing on all right. so, but I it was Hot Fuzz the other day. Uh-huh. And I'm like, where's that? Timothy, where is that energy? What does he say in Hot Fuzz? It's like one of the funniest because he's got all those like innuendos that aren't innuendos. It's him just saying violent things. Have you seen Hot Fuzz? I have not seen Hot Fuzz. He plays like this grocery store owner who you think is the bad guy the whole time because he says shit like, like before someone's about to get murdered, he'll say to them like, I'm sure if I bashed your head open with a hammer, all types of secrets would fall out. He just says shit like that. Or he's like, he's running and he's like, catch me later if you can. Like that kind of stuff. He's so fucking good in that movie. You should see Hot Fuzz. Okay. That's good Hot Dalton Fuzz, energy. Dungeons and Dragons. Yep. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I just remember I was like, oh, I think this is the first James Bond who, because you know, in the, in the, in the 60s and early 70s, men still wore hats. Yeah. In public. They do. And they contrary to popular belief, they do today too. I know, but those but are hip those are those too. are hip those are hipsters. Yeah. yeah. You see with the fedora. I wear a fedora every now and then, but I don't leave the house. You don't <laughs> but you don't it's the fedora with the fedora with Okay. <laughs> but you don't but I, I'll take it from you because you yeah. also don't have like a man bun. You know what I mean? I don't. It's I'm like not the, allowed. No. No, no one is allowed to have a man bun. My my jeans have uh, refused the man bun. But that's me. a good thing. It is. It's a very good thing. I take my wins where I can get them. Um, 
But that was my first thing. I was like, oh, I think this might be the first James Bond who does not wear a hat in public. Interesting. Times are changing. It's the 80s. Um, That's not my biggest takeaway from this movie, I promise. Yeah, because Moore wasn't wearing a lot of hats. I think sometimes he would pop up with a hat. Yeah, but I think, but in the opening sequence always when he's walking Mm -hmm. and then they do the thing where he turns and he shoots the gun at the audience, blah, blah, blah. Um, And, you know, but... um, yeah, and then, like, you know, within the first, after the cold open, before the credits, the within 10 seconds, we get him saying, I'm Bond, James Bond. You know, it's like almost like they wanted to get that out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, they get the shaken, not stirred. They get that out of the way. You know, like they get all the Bond, Bond, famous Bond tropes out of the way. Yep. And then it was just so clear to me that Timothy Dalton... Either, I mean, I think it's a combination of both. He chose to and was directed to be the anti-Roger Moore. He is brooding. He is kind of angry throughout the whole film. I mean, I feel like this is what they've done the past couple times that they've recast, which is what makes me think that that's what they're going to do now. Yeah. Is that, you know, yeah. when but they the did thing, Craig, they were like, we need you to be the furthest from Brosnan that you can. Uh, yeah. And that's the thing. That's the thing. That's the thing is I think with Brosnan, what they were trying to do, because I do know that after A License to Kill, audiences did not dig Dalton's performance. No, no. And Dalton was like, I'm fine with that. Fuck you. I hate playing this role. Yes, Fuck off. Like, that's the thing. Is you like, know? He just genuinely seems like... He's like he was. He's like I'm above I'm this. I'm on a three, per, I'm on a yeah. three picture contract. Yeah, and, and the know, third didn't happen because there were some shenanigans with MGM. Yep. selling TV rights that they shouldn't but like, have. He could have fought that he and like, gotten fought. money. Yeah, and exactly. And he was like, no, okay. He was like, it's fine. I don't have to do it. I don't like this. Yeah. yeah, he was like, I'm going to resign. But that's why there were six years between License to Kill it, and Goldeneye. I mean, because yeah. all that shit had to get resolved. Which is also very good. You want a little bit of that that break. Yeah, and like I think Die Another Day was. 2001. Yeah. And but it was, but Casino it was, Royale wasn't until 2006 yes. or 5. Yeah. It's good to have that It's break. good to have like, a break. I don't want to have another bomb was, for another like five years. Yeah. But I think that was the longest break between two bonds. Probably. I mean, uh, notoriously until, all until the Conneries were only one year. Yeah. Uh, and then as productions like started to change all throughout the 70s and the early 80s, the Moors were pretty much every two or three years. Yeah, a whore and i mean more (laughs) power to him um, yeah no good he you know what lovely man great career everyone knows that story about the kid who approached him in the you do you know this story go on in the airport some kid approached him in the theater and said i think you're james bond Mm -hmm. can you give me an autograph and he was like well i can't give you an autograph as james bond because then everyone would know i'm james bond Mm -hmm. and i'm a secret agent so i'll just you know, I'll sign it Roger Moore, but you know, you know that oh, I'm James Bond. It's like a young that. child. And then this child eventually grows up to become a grown-ass man, remembers uh-huh. this anecdote. When Roger Moore passed away, this anecdote got passed around uh, okay. through all the obituaries because this guy was like, hey, I had this really great exchange as a child with Roger Moore in an airport. And it's just, it's a really sweet story. Yeah. I would imagine that Roger Moore, Roger Moore was a great Bond. He, enjoyed, he was a definitive he really bond for liked, like a lot of people. And he liked the role. Obviously, he liked the role because he wouldn't stop even when he was told to. Yeah. So I mean, so my big take too, like with uh, Roger Moore that I was thinking about, like 
ever since we stopped our Moonraker conversation years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is, is that for the best, honestly. On, yeah, we really don't need to talk about it. Uh, I the one thing that I really take away from more is like I do like a couple of the movies, like I, but I like the ones that most people don't like. Like I like um, Man with the Golden Gun. Most mm. people fucking hate that. I think Christopher Lee is just so much fun in that. Mm-hmm. He has a third nipple. It's funny. Um, I like a view to a kill with the. Uh, like, so you like the one like, that I like you the like ones the, that people don't. You like, like the yeah. one that prompted the studio to say enough. Enough is enough. But mainly, I think for me, my favorite thing about Moore's legacy is that the Brosnan Bond, mm-hmm. who is probably my prototypical Bond, mm-hmm. it's not my favorite. Mm-hmm. I don't have a favorite Bond. They I all have, bring me something different. It's like asking me to choose between my children. I have a favorite Bond. I know that you I do. Know. I know. <laughs> Um, and uh, you know what? You might be, you are most likely correct in that that probably is the best bond. But without more and without like the alchemy mm-hmm. of more and Connery put together, mm-hmm. that's what Brosnan is. No, and uh, that's exactly you know what I, mean? what I was like, going to say too. You need to have that's that exactly level of goofiness in Brosnan to make Goldeneye and Tomorrow Never Dies and World's Not Enough and Dino Day. No, like, I 100% agree because, because obviously, like what I was, I think we're saying the same thing. People did not respond well to Timothy Dalton in no. the role. People really, they were like, eh, yeah. about Living Daylights, which is crazy because that's actually a good movie. It's a very good movie. And then License to Kill, people were like, fuck this guy. Like, we do not like him. And he was well, like, fine, yeah. I don't care. Yeah. And so I think, and then Remington Steel was over so they could finally get Brosnan, the one that who they, they originally wanted. wanted. I think that also plays into like why Timothy Dalton maybe didn't like the role so much because he knew he that knew he, he was, was like a like, second or yeah, third exactly. choice. Yeah, exactly. He was the second like, run. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, so they got Brosnan and then Brosnan kind of, I feel like he either was directed, again, directed to, and also he's an intelligent man. He saw what happened to Timothy Dalton. He was like, okay, we want to make this man a little darker. Yeah. But and Brosnan's not, got the look. He's got the eyes, he's got the intensity, the, yeah. but yeah. he can still like... But he can still... He can he, pop he, up in the glove compartment and there's like a bottle of chilled champagne exactly. and be like, we there's fuck like, now. Yeah, like, exactly. There's, there's like, like a little ha, ha, bit ha, of that... There's a little bit of that Roger Moore energy. And I feel like it was bringing the character a little bit back to its roots mm-hmm. in the Sean Connery era of like... Well, and here's, here's where I think Brosnan didn't quite get and this is why i have a favorite bond birch this is why i have a favorite bond Mm -hmm. connery as i said before a brute with a sense of wit and a high education yes uh roger moore fop ridiculous probably went to cambridge and oxford simultaneously and didn't do any spy training Mm -hmm. uh timothy dalton uh, angry, angry, angry man full of angry feelings and assassin. anger. Assassin. Very much play into like, yeah, both exactly. movies play the, into like, the, oh, this like guy. the dead eyes, yeah, you know. this guy knows how to yeah. infiltrate and kill people. Um, Pierce Brosnan brought a little bit of that kind of the, the mix of uh, wit and spy skill mm-hmm. that you get from Connery. With a little bit of the Dalton darkness, but not so much that it put people not off. Not too much, yeah. But Pierce Brosnan wasn't a brute. Yeah. And this is where Daniel Craig, Daniel Craig got the mix perfectly. Yeah. Brute, but intelligent. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably terrible, not probably, definitely terrible to women, except for the ones he fell in love with. Sure. Um, but also like 
kind of feminist. Um, kind of? Like yeah. in, in that kind of like proto 21st century bro fist bump way. Exactly. It's just like, it's like, I, well, feel I, mean, like, like you know. I feel like Daniel Craig took the best elements of the bonds before him and mixed them together in a way that made the character very interesting. And that is why Casino Royale works so much yeah. because. It's a reboot. We see the origination of the character and we're like, okay, we can see pieces of Connery in this. We can mm-hmm. see pieces of Moore in this. We can see pieces of Brosnan in this. We can even see some pieces of Dalton in this because Craig's bond is dark as fuck. Mm-hmm. That man has issues. He's a car. He needs to be and in he's therapy. Just like blasting yeah, through walls. exactly. Yeah, yeah, that parkour scene yeah. in Casino Royale is boom. I, was I mean, like, I still remember the first time I saw that in theaters. And I loved like, that. Well, this is different. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because you know, everyone's like, oh, James Bond, he's an excellent, awesome spy with great technique. And then it's like, Bam! He Bam, just boom. burst through that window. Um, not window, wall. Um, Dalton. I mean, I think it's a really interesting and valid take on the character. What mm. he was trying to do. It's much more in line with like what Fleming was writing in his yes, books. It's a little absolutely. bit darker, a little bit more in line with absolutely. like a noir detective that's absolutely. haunted. I think that it was just such a one eighty from Roger Moore yeah. that audiences got whiplash and they were like what the fuck is this who is this guy mm-hmm. why Brosnan are we watching was a much him? better buffer between exactly. Moore and Craig to kind of yeah. just like get people in line exactly and also 21st century you know post 9-11 is also a very big deal right right uh, where it's like the world's a little bit different on how it treats like international espionage right living daylight so speaking of that mm-hmm the living living daylights is probably i'm putting the bond films aside because the bond films engage with current issues regularly. in a different regularly yeah. and because they had to just as much as like new sports that people like yes like parkour mm-hmm. um ninjas ninja <laughs> what is a ninja again uh, I gotta watch You Only Live Twice again. Because they explain it so they well. They explain it so well. Because yeah. ninjutsu was like the big fad of 1967. Mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Dalton, in The Living Daylights, that movie is the most, when you look at when it was made, mm-hmm. that is the most fucking like politically, culturally topical Bond film. Oh, yeah. 87? Ever. Hell yeah. It is such... It, it Pretty engages much right with, at the end of the Cold War. Yeah, yeah. And it's very, very much about the end of the Cold War. It's one of those... Like, I, I, I was watching it. I watched it by myself. Tim's not a big Bond geek the way I am. Mm-hmm. So he was kind of walking in and out, in and out, in and out. Did There's he like a whole... The, did, did he like the walking assassin guy? Did he meet him? Uh, I think no. Tim would have liked him. No, the, I like the, him. The, the, I think that's a fun guy. The ghetto plaster. Yeah, he's oh like, I God. strangle people with my headphones. <laughs> and I listen to AHA. I'm walking all the time. Um, no, but he was like, there's, in the Living Daylights, spoiler alert, um, a, a very prominent character who comes to play in the last, you know, maybe third of the film mm-hmm. is Shaw, the... Afghani prisoner yes. that they meet who they free yeah. and he ends up helping them mm-hmm. and he's played by Art Malik by the way who is a he's an uh, in uh, an English actor of Indian extraction yep. like Dev Patel just saying 
Um, very famous for, probably most famous for being in this BBC miniseries called The Jewel and the Crown, which was about the transition period when the British were leaving India. Beautiful miniseries. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend. Um, he helps them. And then his peeps help them after they help him escape. They're the... Yeah, he's the bad guy in True Lies. Yeah. I wanted to double check. Yeah, yeah. I was like, don't just yeah. say that. Oh, he's the bad guy in True Lies. Yeah. I'm like, no, um, don't, 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 don't. He, he and he's his... He's in The Little Mermaid. He, oh, really? The Who? new one, Sir Grimsby. Sir Grimsby. Looks like I'm about to go see The Little Mermaid. All now. right. This um, fucking movie looks like trash. <laughs> oh my fucking god! I don't know Have why. You seen these pictures of this movie? I don't know why they did it. I don't mean it. I don't I know, know that why we're trying they to did catch it. up right now. I just I, mean, the, I did, the, but, the, the, I, but the they didn't. They doing? didn't need to do it. I mean, I get cool. What the fuck are we doing as why a society? Do we, why do we need live action versions of the Lion King and the Little Mermaid? Like, why? I know that that's not your real name. The jig is up. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> It was cute when you were in an A24 movie. I don't like seeing them on <laughs> Disney posters. Um, Art Malik's character, Shah, yeah. who helps them and his people help them. They're the Afghani Muhajideen. Mm-hmm. These are not good people. They are not a touchy subject for late 80s, early 90s yeah, yeah, uh, relations yeah. with the they Afghan were, people. They were they were maybe good in that time period because they were fighting the well, Soviets. This is but this then, is that kind of odd history that Living then, Daylights yeah, traps itself into. Exactly. It's like when they were making it, they were just like, these people that we help, that will help us and yeah. will be the heroes yeah. of forever. And you're like, mm, this act- didn't, actually, this, aged, this does not turn out well. This aged poorly because the Muhajideen then, when the Cold War ended and yeah. there was no more big bad... The Muhajideen changed who they were angry at. Uh-huh. And that's how Al-Qaeda came to be. Oh, I've heard of them. Yeah. yeah. Have you heard of a fellow named Osama bin Laden? Ooh, rings a bell. Yeah. It's yeah. really unfortunate. Yeah. Like, yeah. Ooh. And then they flew a fucking plane like into the said, World Trade Center. Like you said, too, like this happens two-thirds of the way through the movie, which, again, is another thing that a lot of bomb movies do where you're like, there's it some, just changes like, into a completely different exactly. movie at the it's end. It's like they're killing time and then like the movie happens. Yeah. And then they're just like, and now they're in Afghanistan. You're like, in 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 2023, you go, oh. Yeah, exactly. And then, was and that, then like. Was that uh, like the baby Muppets, like the, the Kermit the Frog looking at the camera going, sheesh. Yeah. You're yeah. Like, as soon as exactly. they're in Afghanistan. And that's like, the thing too, is like they, they, they established very early on that this is the Muhajideen and. Yeah. And and Bond is like, I but need to meet with your leader. Yes, in the movie, because yes. that's who they were. That's who then. they You're were like, then. These are the guys they were, that helped us. These with were Russia, the exactly. We're trying to help them. Exactly. And we're each other's back. Exactly. America is like the world police, and we're going to help the globe. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, you're like, yeah, but actually, but actually, that's, that's very bad. So that was awkward. Uh, that's not the right word. I don't know what the right word is. I mean, awkward's a funny Awkward's, word. awkward's Awkward. fine. Awkward. Sheesh. Yeah. Uh, sheesh. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but they were very helpful. They were very helpful. They helped Bond. Um, 
There's some fun stuff in this movie, even though Timothy Dalton is very angry throughout most of it. Well, I mean, they go sledding on a cello case. They do, and it's very wacky. <laughs> you know? And then he finds out the cello is, like, priceless. Yeah, it's a Stradivarius. Oh, fuck. And there's, You're like, and there's, like, there's like, like, an or. Like, or, like, a shield for bullets. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do like at the end that it's got the bullet hole in yeah, it. And yeah. she's, like, playing at this, like, really nice place. yeah. She's so, and that's the other thing too. I think we're talking about, we talked about Aki. We talked about mm-hmm. Electra. Mm-hmm. Interesting Bond girls. Um, what was the other Bond girl from World is Not Enough? Uh, Christmas Jones. Oh, that was Denise Richards. That was Denise character? Richards, gotcha. yes. Okay. Christmas Jones, the physicist uh, Chris, Christmas Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, December 25th. Yeah. No other day. No other day. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Kara, 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 yeah. um, the the cellist who is the girlfriend of this fake Russian defector, not defector, or mm-hmm. was he anyway? Who who's like she's like the Bond girl in this film? Um, maybe not as uh, savvy as Aki or Electra. That's a very nice way to put it. Yeah, but very plucky. Very, very plucky. That is she, also a very nice word to choose. She she jumps right in when she is needed. She's a little dumb. She's a little dumb. She's but a she has experienced. But she has some good ideas. Yogi, like she just yeah. keeps saying yogi. Yeah, yeah, exactly. My friend yeah. Yogi. Yorgi. Yeah, Yogi. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but she has some good ideas. One. Okay, just just quick quick interlude. Because it is a Bond movie. There's the, that moment where Bond goes off with the bad guys. They're in the desert with the Mujahideen. They go off with the bad guys. And Kim's Shaw... Bond's best friends, the Mujahideen. Yeah, exactly. And and Shaw is like, all right, we've done what we can to help you, but he's on his own now, and we we have our own shit we have to do. Mm-hmm. And Kara is like, no, he's in danger. We have to help him. And Shaw's like, no, that is not going to end well. And she's like, well, I'm, you know, so she takes off on horseback after, you know, Bond is trapped in the, in the car with all the opium. Um, And, you know, the Muhajithin do help her, but there's this one moment where Shaw just kind of looks at her galloping off into the distance and he just goes, women. Yep. Yeah. Good. And then they're right. and then they're all like, okay, yeah. boom, 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 you know, like they all go galloping. I mean, after. I do like the part when, when, when <laughs> Bond was like, first like shows up, uh, and it's revealed that like this guy is like, oh, he's in charge of all of this, mm-hmm. and he's just like, who are you? What are you doing here? That kind of thing. He's being very friendly, and all of the guys are laughing at all of the answers. He's like, I'm a British secret agent, and they're all like, <laughs> and he's like. I'm here to try to help you. And they're like, ah. <laughs> we're like, we're having some problems with Russia. And they're like, ah. And like all these little like, oh, yeah. topical. Good. Um, I think. But yeah, but I, I just love that. I was like, well, it is a Bond film. So even yeah. the Mujahideen have to be like, there oh, is the, like, the bitches be crazy. There is this like wild, like characterization of like, you know, it's one of the things too, where it's just like people are just speaking English. All over the place. And yes. Like, sure. Okay. That was Tim's big question with you only live twice as well. He was like, why are the Japanese characters only speaking English? Now just, just Bond is there, so they only speak English to each other? Okay. Uh, yep. Cool. Yeah, Fine. Do. I mean, that's, I, again, like I was watching all the Jack Ryan shows, uh, at all the shows, the one show. And the first season is like some of the best work on television, like recently. Like it's such a solid season of TV. Sure. And it, it's mainly because, like, whenever there's somebody who their first language is this, is mm-hmm. with another person whose language 
is also that they talk that language to them and they put subtitles up. Yeah. That's one of the things I loved about the Americans. That's how people operate in that's real life. That's one of the things like, I loved about, loved about the Americans as well. Yes. There is yeah. so much Russian. And I that's, get it. Like, that's, well, no, that and it's scare great. scare some people, some studios and production. Right, but like, I loved it. But it's also one of those shows that like you can't put that show on in the background unless you're fluent also in Russian. Also the Inglorious Bastards thing. Yeah. Where it's like two thirds of that movie or in like other languages that are not English. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. And it moves back and forth. Yeah. So, but, but okay. So Kara is... Plucky. She's like, okay, I don't know how I'm going to help, but I know that I'm not going to leave James to his own devices because it's dangerous. So she goes galloping after him. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, she she makes a split decision to get into that truck and chase after the plane that he's commandeered. And he's like signaling to her, do this, you know, I'm going to open the hatch. And, you and she picks up on it. She's like, oh, okay. All right. I have yeah. to drive the car into the plane. And then he goes, all right, I got to do, I got to detonate a bomb right now. You got to fly the plane. And she doesn't panic. She's just like, all right, what do I got to do? And he's like, just hold it steady. She's like, thumbs up. Cool. Right. You she's know, not and then an like, idiot. she's not an idiot. And then like when the bad guy gets on the plane, they start fighting. She like on her own comes up with the idea to open the hatch back up again. It yeah. didn't, it didn't work out well not because a, then, and then gone she almost starts going up and down. Yeah, and exactly. And then it's like, like, somebody's going to bonk their head. Yeah, no. And like, and, and bond could have very easily so fallen about down. Bond bonking his head. And that's, I was like, <laughs> if he hits his head on that plane, but, that plane is hard. Er than his head. Yeah, but 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 generally has an idea to get the bad guy off the plane. That's not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. And she didn't. It wasn't like James said, "Hey, open the hatch so I can kick this guy off the plane." All right. She yeah. was just like, "Oh, I see a lever She's that opens that." So I was like, a "Okay, bit of agency." Yeah, and a like little agency. To help a little, out the yeah, mission. yeah. She's not useless. No. So I was like, okay, this is interesting because she's not like a trained agent. She's not an idiot. And she's not an idiot. When I called her dumb earlier, that was being a little mean. She's a little. She's just she not is a little. Sh- not, she's not the sharpest crayon she is, in the box. She is a little dumb because she keeps thinking that Yorgi is going to come and get her, and she loves him, and blah 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 blah, and that mm-hmm. goes on for a really long time. A really long time before Bond is finally she's like me on the Ferris wheel. Yeah, and then before yeah. Bond is kind of like, okay, I gotta let you know right now. I'm actually, I'm not Yorgi's friend. I'm after him because he's doing some bad shit. And now she's give like, me some. yeah, and then she's, and like, she's like, okay, I guess so. He, exactly, because yeah. you're, of course, because you're, because you're cute. Yeah, he's cute. He's Timothy Dalton. Yeah, hot guy. He's hot yeah. guy, charming. Yeah, looks like he's definitely into this role. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, plot-wise. A very intricate and interesting plot, a very timely for the time period plot, probably the most overtly political Bond film to date, I would say, when you've got the Soviets and America and the Mujahideen all playing. I'm literally going through all of them in my head right now. This one has to be the the one that's the most directed to what was happening at that time. Yes. Because Bond will sometimes hit things that used to be you know like it'll be like there's a guy that like like uh think of the the one that was hit in my head was uh die another day in 2001 which mm-hmm. is heavily like china not liking america mm-hmm. um post 90s and it was like well that's a little intense but they also kind of isolate it with like a fake terrorist group and stuff like that mm-hmm. the big thing with living daylights as we talked about is that there is a specific group mm-hmm. that they are working with with against a specific group that they are working against right and um 
And both forty groups, years has changed. Yes, and uh, both both of those groups are bad. Yeah, um, both groups are bad. All groups are bad. All groups are bad. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So luckily, the Americans yeah. didn't get involved because then that shit would have sucked too. Yeah, but it was it was it, it, it was interesting to watch that to watch you only live twice after watching the Dalton mm-hmm. films because it was like oh this is interesting because a plot point in you only live twice is this is the prospect of a war between America and Russia which is like the whole cold war mm-hmm. so it was like okay you know like there's these little stabs at contemporary that happen in the bond films living daylights is very much like we are plucking shit from the headlines <laughs> yeah and putting it in the film and making it plausible and it's cool and I really enjoyed that film, License to Kill. Yeah, we let's, gotta talk about License talk. to Kill. We're getting, uh, we're getting, uh, we're getting over there. We're getting man. over there. All right, all right. It's all good. It's all, all good. Right. Um, well, you got a License to Kill. License to Kill. You did not enjoy this one as much as Living Daylight. Yes, I didn't hate it, but I did not like it I as used much. To yeah. Be like, yeah. License I to Kill. To, I used to be you. <laughs> but then you evolved. You'll get there. You'll I'll get, get there. there. Yeah. Or yeah. no, I devolved. I really do think that I did because. I think that Living Daylights is a better made movie than License to Kill. Yeah. But in my, I'm in my rebel mm, years right You're going to be a contrarian. License to Kill is like, fuck you. Yeah. It's smoking well, a cigarette, the- wearing glasses inside, giving but, everybody but the middle finger. But you're not wrong because License to Kill, as you said before, Timothy Dalton looks like he does not want, like to be doesn't there. want to be there. And but so, I think that adds to like the energy of the movie well, yeah, in yeah. some way. Well, yeah, because it's the whole pr- premise of the film is that he is going against M. This is the first time he's going MI6. Yep. Which is like a thing that Daniel Craig does in every, every fucking film. Movie yeah, exactly. Exactly. He also shows up in, well, until Judy Dench, until Judy Dench is dies. I think Ross Rogue and Die Another Day. Yeah. But until Judy, uh, one of the things that I loved in the Craig films and then I will st- I know I do this and so I'm going to pivot back after You're okay. this but I love how in Casino Royale and Skyfall uh, Bond just turns up in M's house and surprises the shit out of her yeah. and she's like what the fuck are you doing here go away and one of the things that I and then, you it's know she, like Batman and and uh, Commissioner Gordon yeah like yeah. Batman just shows up at Commissioner should, Gordon's bathroom and he's just yeah like, and he's just like all right oh god yeah yeah That's... yeah I love I love that when when he comes back in Skyfall and he's like well I came back I know I'm needed and she's like all right and he's like and she's like well. We sold your flat and put all your stuff in storage because that's what you do with an unmarried agent mm-hmm. who dies, who has no, no like, next of kin. So he goes, all right, I'll go stay in a hotel. And she kind of mutters, like, yeah, because you're not staying here, mm-hmm. you know. Not going to let him crash on her couch. No. Um, I mean, that would be funny. It would be. I, I, I really genuinely wish that in all of the Craig films until Judy Dench's M dies... I wish that he had had a moment in Quantum of Solace where he crashed her house because I just think it's funny that mm-hmm. he just like oh to just keep it like one yeah like exactly that he's yeah. just like he keeps sneaking into I mean, her maybe house maybe they wanted to and they just couldn't put it in there because it wasn't because in the, the script or and then the writers tried yeah, yeah exactly because I thought that was a hysterical it'd be really funny if we could do that and then they saved it for Skyfall yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so um License, License to Kill, to kill. <laughs> eye on the prize here this yeah, is the last yeah, yeah, one yeah 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 he's you know. You can tell Dalton doesn't want to be there, and but he's but it but it works because Bond is going rogue. He's mm-hmm. going against orders. He's turned orders down. 
Mm-hmm. There's a really great Hemingway joke in there, by the way. There is. Uh, very classy very to classy. throw that in. Yeah. Christmas. Uh, I guess this is. is on <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I guess this is a farewell to It's the only bombs. day that it's on. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So he goes rogue. And I think it's interesting, too, because he goes rogue because he feels he's he considers Felix, our CIA friend, mm-hmm. Felix Leiter. Like, that's probably his only friend yeah, in the world. Absolutely. James this, Bond. And this is the movie that really solidifies that, because Felix Leiter is a character, he's the American that yeah, comes into the, all these movies. Yeah, exactly. He's the American Jeffrey Bond. Wright really blasted it out there. Jeff, and that's the thing. That's the thing that's crazy when I go back and I look at the old films when Felix shows up, and I'm just kind of like, it's not Jeffrey Wright. This no, is, it's always just incorrect. played by a different just, dude. Yeah, different dude, a, different, a different white dude. And I'm just kind of like, where's Jeffrey? And Jeffrey Wright is so good in... Speaking about things that make Quantum of Solace fun, like Jeffrey writes one scene in Quantum of Solace where he shows up at the bar and he's just yeah. like, no, listen, yeah. we've only got 30 seconds. Yeah. I got to give you some information. Are you sure you want to do this? Yeah. God, Jeffrey Wright is so He's so good. He's I so love good. his introduction in Casino Royale as well. Where he oh, just, absolutely. Where he yeah. just says, I'm your friend from Langley. Yeah, and if you know, Langley. you know. I'm bleeding chips. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm bleeding chips. Yeah, good. <laughs> so, I mean, like, that's interesting to yeah, me. That, Felix like, Leiter is Felix Leiter is, is Bond's his dude. It's his only friend. He's getting married. Yeah, he's getting married. Then that goes complete. I mean, well, the, the marriage happens, but then like the marriage it, happens, but then it ends like immediately because the bad guys come. Oh, yeah. I mean, it ends like, like yeah, exactly. Ugly. And then there's these moments. You only live twice. Uh, am I right? <laughs> and then there's these moments where. Um, you know, with uh, what's her name, Pam, the lady that he that Bond works with. What's her name, Pam? Pam. Pam. Pat. Pa- what? The who woman who about? the woman who he works with. He meets in the bar, who ends up being his like accomplice sidekick. Through she's one of the two Bond women. Oh, in oh, that's right, because License to Kill has the two Bond. They women. have the two Bond right, women. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and and she asks. She asks like pointed. Oh no no no! Now I'm like the, the Vesper Martinis are getting to me. It's Electra yeah. in World Is Not Enough, who uh, keeps asking Bond pointed questions like, "Have you ever lost someone you really loved?" Mm-hmm. And I think the reference, and I think think that does come up in License to Kill as well. And it's supposed to be a reference to. Her Majesty's Secret Service. Yeah, something but happens like with the. It's just like, oh, he got married once. Yeah, you know, it was a long time ago. That but it's, we mentioned but that it's interesting to me. To Pam Bouvier. Pam, yeah, Pam Bouvier. And then the other one is Lupe, Lupe. Lamora. Yeah, exactly. A much more fun name. And so there's a I, bad guy in this movie whose name is Killifer. <laughs> which, if I ever have a child, <laughs> mark Kill- my fucking words, Killifer. Burge. And uh, Frank Ray plays uh, Sharky, Sharky, who's like the yeah. dude that helps him out, like the boat captain, who's um, notoriously the dude in uh, Last Action Hero. He's right. uh, Slater's like uh, right, chief right, commander right. officer. Right. Slater! Um, Benicio Del Toro. His we film must. debut. Dario. His film debut. Hugh's in there. Robert Brown as M is in there. Yeah, I mean, we get everybody that yeah, we're supposed to back. get, yeah. but it's just, it's, it's such a, it's a strange film because it's just Bond being like, yo, fuck my employer. My best friend's wife just got like raped. 
raped and murdered mm-hmm. on her honeymoon. Yeah, what does Benicio del Toro say? Is like we showed her, we gave her a good honeymoon. Yeah. It was, uh, oh, it's so gross. Yeah, like, oh, the movie's like really dark. It's very dark. It's like you know, it's Living very, Daylight very is darker dark. in the sense of like it's a darker take on James Bond, but License to Kill like takes that one step further and is just like yeah. I There's mean, no like, kind of romanticization of like the Colombian like drug lord kind right. of aspect they're dealing with. They're like right. these people are nasty. These people are bad. Yeah. And James Bond like. That's a fun pitch. What if James Bond, international spy, mm-hmm. that we've all had so many fun global adventures with, right, went up against the cartel? Mm-hmm. And like that's the movie. And like, fun idea. James Bond meets Narcos. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Yeah. And also, like, I feel like View to a Kills America, because that's San Francisco, I think. So, like, it's not his first time in America. No. You know, no, like, no, he's no, gone no. to America, no, and, like, to, America yeah. has been the focus in other Bond movies before. Yeah. But this is... No, Greg but a lot of it... never went to America, did he? No. License to Kill, I did read up on this, is the first and only film that was not shot anywhere. Like, Pinewood Studios is mm-hmm. the film that they... Is the studio yeah. that they used It wasn't shot there at all? It was all um, shot on location? It was all shot on location. I mean, that kind of makes sense. That film is... I mean, like, License to Kill is the first in a, in a lot of ways. It's or not, it's the first and the last in a mm-hmm. lot of ways. The last Dalton. It's the last... Um, what was the name of the, of the director? Oh, John Glenn? It's the last John Glenn. Yep. It's the last movie that the guy who scored all of the Bond films to date... That's right. It's the last is one he did. John Barry? John Barry. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it's it's like an end. Michael it is, Kamen. Michael Kamen. Michael, yeah. Yeah. It's the end of an era in a lot of ways. And I don't think they, obviously, they didn't intend this or realize this when they were making it. But it's like, it makes sense that after this movie, there was a split and there was a six-year gap while they figured out what the fuck to do. Mm-hmm. And they locked Brosnan in. This is also the first movie that the name... Mm-hmm. Is not based off of a it's pre-existing. Not, yeah, it's not exactly. based off of it's, pre-existing no, yeah, stuff. It's, yeah, it's my understanding. My from what I read, it's it's based on some of it is based on Fleming's version of Live and Let Die, yes. and some of it is based on a short story he wrote that has yeah. nothing to it's do with anything. Kind of based off of Ian Fleming works, but the the name License to Kill is not an is official. Not based on, Living Daylights is the last one. Yeah. up until. Casino Royale. Cas- yeah, Casino Royale. Yeah, because yeah, none of the Brosnans came from nope. Fleming books. Like, world is like they're all like plays. Like, GoldenEye is mm-hmm. the uh, estate that Ian Fleming lived in. Right. And that he wrote right. at. Right. World is Not Enough is canonically in the books, uh, right. the Bond family, like, motto or whatever it right. is. So they're bringing it from stuff like that. And then they're right. just like, no time to die. Sounds like a Bond movie, right? And I'm like, cool. Why didn't you try that with Spectre? Yeah. No, that the was just dumbest stupid. Name. It's just stupid. It's like just Skyfall stupid. was such like a like a mic drop because it was oh, like yeah. one word Skyfall. Yeah, what does it mean? What does and it then mean? there's a reveal and yeah, like, what exactly. is Skyfall? Yeah, and then they were just like cool Spectre, and I'm like don't don't do that. You don't need to do it again. No, yeah, the one word whatever stupid. Bl- stupid. Uh, Fuck Spectre. So, License to Kill. I know that we're kind of pressing on time right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to no. get my, my thing I on wanna License see, to I want to hear your take because, because you reassessed your evaluation I think of that the you're dogs. already going to kind of get it as soon mm-hmm. as I start saying it based off of what I've already said too. I think that License to Kill just has like much more of an attitude mm-hmm. um, than Living Daylights. Mm-hmm. And I think that partially that is because I realize like, oh, Dalton just doesn't want to be here. 
Mm-mm. And I think that that adds to License to Kill for me. Like, if I had seen this movie in 89 and already knew that, it would take me out of it. Mm-hmm. The fact that I've seen this movie a bunch. Mm-hmm. And um, what is it? Is it Robert Davi? Is the bad guy? Yes. Robert Davi, like, is so fucking good in this movie. Mm-hmm. This is the type of movie that kind of goes, like, eight different ways throughout the movie where it's like, Bond's goal is this. Now mm-hmm. it's become this. Now it's become that. And it's the one that it really works for me Mm -hmm. because ultimately I know it's just going to end in a desert on a road with a big truck filled with a lot of gas and James Bond is going to light a motherfucker on fire. And it's so much fun. And it's the lighter that was given to him. Given to him. He's like, Felix. didn't you want to know why? Like that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Very quick side note. Do you know about the spooky ghost stuff? Uh, with the making of this movie? No. That road, apparently, a few years beforehand, a bus of nuns crashed. What? And they all died. What? And apparently, while they were filming this over several days, a bunch of weird shit kept happening. And one of the biggest ones is that... I'll show you the picture afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, like, a, a photographer that was on set during the big truck explosion mm-hmm. took a picture of the explosion. And in the explosion, you can see a hand made of fire a gigantic hand of fire grabbing onto what a spot the fuck? you can't see it in the movie in what any the of fuck? yeah it's weird shit it's fun there's like a bunch of other like yeah. weird stuff that was happening while they were tra- like uh i guess like a wire broke and timothy dalton almost died and got run over by a car more reasons for Dalton to be All like, this fuck crazy this shit. shit. Yeah, he's like, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing. My, that's my the- thing with License to Kill, like, in a nutshell, is that I think the bad guy is one of the best Bond villains. I This is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. I, I mm-hmm. really like Sanchez in this movie. Mm-hmm. Because I I like that he never wants to rule the world. Yeah, he's no, just his, a dude that doesn't his, care about life and care about anybody. He just wants to make some money. He's totally fucking evil. Mm-hmm. And he is... For the most part, always in step, if not one step ahead of Bond. Yeah. Almost at all times. Well, that's what except makes... Except for his identity. He doesn't know that this is the right. guy. But that's what... The best Bond villains are like that. That's why Silva in Skyfall is yeah. so good. Is that he's... And that's what makes the, the tension of the two characters. like... They are Silva keeps saying, You are me. You yep. are me before I lost my fucking mind because M fucked me over. Yep. But M fucked you over too. Think about that, James. She fucked you over too. Like he's trying mm-hmm. to brainwash him. Yeah, get another exactly. one. Exactly. But it's like, but Silva is That's always why he doesn't want to kill him. Yeah. He's like, oh, you guys do it. It's like, it's that classic kind of like. Yeah, because. Like you were saying, Tim was saying, like, yeah. Why don't they just kill him? Why don't they, yeah. Silva does that throughout Skyfall, but it's because he's like, I don't want to be the one to kill you. No. Like, my guys can kill you. Right. Like, he wants to kill M. His beef is with M, Mm -hmm. not with Bond. Bond is his way to get to M. Mm -hmm. That's what makes that movie. Anyway, but, okay, Living Daylights. Uh, not living nightless. License to kill. One of the things I thought was funny was the fact that they were hiding the drugs in gasoline. And I'm like, uh, if you look at this con- in, in today's world, mm-hmm. that gasoline's worth way more than the drugs are. It is funny. Yeah. I think that's funny. Not as funny as the politics of living daylight. <laughs> no, Definitely no, like, no. Ooh, this is age different. Yeah, okay. exactly. Um, and li- so license to kill. Very 80s, stereotypical 80s action movie. Mm -hmm. Very dark. Very dark. Dark in a way that they didn't get until they got to the Craig films. Um, And then even I don't think the Craig films ever got as dark as License to Kill. Would you agree with me? 
I feel like Casino Royale, which is why it's the best one ever, yeah. got darker. I mean, that torture scene in Casino Royale, like, name me anything oh, from fuck. any that's other right. movie no, 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 that's, you're right. like, you're that right. you're dark. Right. Like, I forgot about that. going full, yeah. like, torture, gore, porn, like, kind mm-hmm. of shit. Like, that is, mm-hmm. that is some dark stuff. That is some dark stuff. Again, no, you're like, right. Mads Mikkelsen is the bad guy. Like, whoever they cast James Bond, that's fine. Who's the bad guy? The bad guy. I don't want yeah. any more of this Javier Bardem, Christoph Waltz, Rami Malek shit. I like them and I like what they do. Stop giving me these top tier actors. Yeah. When Mads Mikkelsen was cast Casino Royale, nobody knew who the fuck Mads Mikkelsen yeah. was. He was fucking. I, I give leeway to Javier Bardem because I think he inhabited Silva in a way did, yeah, yeah. that made him so Christoph fucking Waltz did crazy. Not pull it off. No, Christoph, and that's a shame because Rami I Malek love did that what guy. He needed to do. He did I, what he needed I, to I do. I rewatched No Time to Die on silent with subtitles the other day at the mm-hmm. bar. Rami Malek is looking great in that movie. He's, uh, he's, he looks like he's doing he's, a great job. He's giving some good Rami Malek. But, yeah. you know, like, but Rami Malek, with the exception of Bohemian Rhapsody, Rami Malek is known for playing just like weirdos. Weirdos, yeah. And, I mean, and being a weird. Honestly. Yeah. Uh, Bohemian Freddie, Rhapsody, too. Yeah. Like, let's be Freddie, fair. Freddie, like, he's he's Freddie playing Mar- a little bit of like a, Freddie, a weird dude. Freddie Mercury was a little bit of a weirdo. Yeah, a little yeah. irregular. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's But that's kind of his niche. Rami Malek's niche is like, Weird, smart, mm-hmm. smart, weird. I mean, he's perfect for Bond. Yeah, it's just exactly. like don't hire like these massively. Yeah, no, famous, it's, it's, talented. It's the same reason for why the actor playing James Bond cannot be famous when he starts playing James yeah. Bond. Goldeneye, Sean Bean. Yeah, back in the nineties. Yeah. Now we all know who Sean Bean is, but back then it was just like, oh, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. For England, James. Um, so. Yeah, what, that's what, the thing. What's license to kill. My big thing. Yeah. License to kill. And so what I what I know is that <sighs> Dalton was contracted for three, yep. minimum of three. Mm-hmm. He made two. Then there were some other shenanigans that happened with the studio that made things difficult. That had to do with like TV. Right? I don't know. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, which gave him an easy out because he was like, "Fuck this! I don't really care for this role." I don't want to do this anymore. I'm officially resigning. Mm-hmm. And that allowed them to get Brosnan, who yeah. they had originally wanted. Um, and that allowed them to course correct because the film was was not received well when, when License to Kill was received very poorly. It people is the first... People did not like People didn't know because it was just so dark. You mentioned earlier, it's like the first PG-13. First like PG-13, PG-13, yeah, exactly. became a thing and they really push it. Yeah. The movie's really bloody. It was originally given an R. Yeah. And they had to pull back so that they could get teenage boys in. Yeah. So they didn't want to go a full R. That makes no sense. It's the same thing they would do today. Yeah. Although it's interesting because what makes a film an R movie now is not the same as what made a film an R movie in the 80s. Mm -hmm. So it's it's just funny to me because like the Craig Bond films, which got, I mean, Casino Royale, does that have an R rating? No, I believe that's PG-13. Mm-hmm. There's a torture scene where they whack his balls whack for his like balls for a like lot. a lot. And Mads Mikkelsen looks like he likes it. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, it's to like, it's, it's interesting. To the left. <laughs> so, um, but it's, 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 I feel like the Dalton films, and I wrote them off for so long just because there were only two and I knew that Timothy Dalton didn't really want to be there. So I was like, oh, fuck it. I don't really want to pay attention to them. But I'm glad that this gave me an opportunity to do that because I can see the threads of what, how they were trying to course correct a little mm-hmm. bit from more and maybe they overcorrected. So sure. they, yeah. so they, 
you know, and then Dalton was like, fine, I don't care. So they got Brosnan and they tried to balance it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And it got pretty close, pretty close to that sort of the benchmark, mm-hmm. which is the Connery bond. That's that's always going to be the benchmark. But they didn't quite, they didn't quite get it. Yeah. And there has to be like an entertainment value to it. Yeah. While also trying to go like a little bit darker. Yeah. But they just kind of went full tilt. And again, I think that that was just a combination of like, we want to try and distance ourselves as far away as we can from the characterization of Bond as far as what Moore did for like 15 years. Yeah. And then you get this. Also, Timothy Dalton's not into it. He's not into it. And he's kind of depressed. Yeah. And he's like like kind of mad. Exactly. That comes through in the character. And he also like, and, and like, I think this is important too. It's like, talented man good looking man you can tell he doesn't want to be there but even if he wanted to be there even if he was given it his all the way Moore did mm-hmm. the way Connery did when Connery was into it because Connery got bored at one point too I mean, yeah, he get bored you know I mean Craig got Craig, got bored, bored. Craig threatened to never come back and he then they gonna, were like he's yeah like, I'll exactly. kill myself yeah exactly. yeah and then and then no time to die happened he was like I I was in a bad mood when I gave that interview that yeah. day I'm sorry um you know, they 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 got the they got Timothy Dalton, and he fit the mold so much because it's very clearly they were looking for a Brosnan type. Yes, because they couldn't get Brosnan at the yeah. time they wanted him, mm-hmm. so they were like, "This guy is Brosnan-ish enough, mm-hmm. and he's a serious theater actor." We can tell him, don't do what Moore did. Do something different. And he'll run with that because he's got that training. Um, and the, the, the issue is, honestly, though, he does not have the charisma that Sean Connery had. I don't like Roger Moore as Bob, as Bob Dylan. Bob Was Dylan? I seriously mm-hmm. about to say that as okay. James Bond? All right. Strong. Yeah. They, they strong, drinks, strong drinks. Strong yeah. drinks. Um, and I'm about to go into a rehearsal where we will be rehearsing a Bob Dylan cover. So maybe my brain's already switching over there. Yeah. Roger Moore is Bob Roger Dylan. Roger Moore is Bob Dylan. Martin Scorsese's new film. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. The ghost of Roger Moore. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like Roger Moore's James Bond, but he's got that it. You can't argue that. Yeah. Pierce Brosnan. He's got that it mm-hmm. Daniel Craig. It's a different version of the it, but it's he's a 21st got that century it. Kind of yeah. Thing. yeah, yeah. Timothy Dalton just doesn't sure. have it. Yeah. It's it's this '80s thing that doesn't yeah. kind of like fit with it, it. Doesn't work. It's kind of like not to open up a whole new can of worms too, because like mm. we're wrapping up. But it is like kind of like the the insincerity of the '80s. Yes. You know, yeah, kind yeah, yeah, of thing yeah, 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 where it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. the 70s were a great time. The 80s are kind of cleaning up and the 90s, everybody's kind of like, did everything that we just did for the past 20 years like work out okay? Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. And yeah. then 9-11 happens and just like breaks us off into like splinter cell kind of stuff. Right. I, I think it might be a little bit of a play on that where it's like the 80s kind of just do have this insincerity inherent. Right, right. Yeah, that and might so we've be got, playing off with that. You yeah. know, so we got like this, these two Bond films... That are both good. One very good, one less good. You and I defer on sure. what that yeah. is, but it doesn't matter. They're not bad films. I think they're actually equal, and then yeah. it's all about preference. It's, yeah, exactly. I think exactly. they're both like just they're, like perfectly both, fine Bond movies. Yeah, but the guy playing Bond didn't have that 
it factor. That X factor. That, yeah, 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 exactly. Mm-hmm. He just didn't quite and have again, it. Again, I love Timothy Dalton. The it has, it has nothing to do with him. I think he does great in these movies, he's, but I think yeah, that what is holding them back is... He just, I think he's not trying. Like He's, not, try, he's yeah. not trying, but I also think that he's just not quite right. And it's the same reason why Hugh Grant would have been a terrible Bond. <laughs> Colin Firth, love that man, would have been a terrible he's Bond. So fucking weird. What... Like weird alternate realities. Yeah, Rafe Rafe Fiennes, who almost got Bond, mm-hmm. and then Brosnan got freed up, and they were like, "Fuck off!" And then they found a way to bring him back later with the Craig films. Sure. Rafe Fiennes, lovely man, brilliant actor, Very good. Very good for when they finally brought him back into the James Bond fold mm-hmm. as M. I don't think Ray Fiennes would have had the it. Mm-hmm. And I don't yeah. know what that it is. I don't know if it's like, I don't want to say it's sexiness because Roger Moore is not sexy. That's not a no. sexy man. It's like the charm. Like that it's kind the charm. of just yeah. like British. It it's just that, works. It, it just works. Across. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's the wit. It's the kind of humor, even if it's dark humor. Mm-hmm. And I just think that Dalton was too. A little rough. He's he was a little, a little, a little yeah. rough. And I got the feeling that he was just angry. It was, this is angry Bond. And I think that that's because as an actor, he was like angry that he had to do it. Again, I think his anger in it kind of all comes down to he knew that he was like not the first choice. Yeah. For like the second time around kind of thing. So I think that he was like a little bit. I think that he was very much like vindicated in his anger sure. about it. Like, I think that it makes sense that he was a little pissed off. Um, I don't think that his like, I don't think he's being unprofessional. I don't think he's. Like, oh no 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 no! I think no. that it just reads across. It like, reads wrong when you know the context of yeah. how he was feeling at that point, and then you kind of fill in the gaps with like. It's what like, you're reading. Yeah, exactly. It's like how he was feeling in combination with the fact that they were trying to very dramatically pivot the character. Yeah. And it was just wrong. It's just the wrong energy. Mm-hmm. It's the wrong energy. It's the wrong energy for a James Bond movie. A James Bond movie is a very specific organism. Yeah. So I think that's, you know, I'm glad that I got to watch the Dalton movies because I wrote them off for so long. Mm-hmm. Um the next time we do this, which I think is going to be when they finally announce who the I next would imagine Bond like is. That would be... Yeah. Like, well, oh, like we'll talk about like I've never finally s- talk about Honor, Majesty's Secret. Service. I was gonna say because I have never seen that one. Great fucking movie. I've never seen and and Lazenby. You know, we're talking about what makes a good Bond. You know, and mm-hmm. like we we can we can establish what made Connery good, what made Roger Moore kind of good, sure. What made Brosnan good? What made Craig good? What the things about Dalton that could have been good but didn't quite work. Lazenby is just like this random dude and yeah. he did this thing and he's not done anything of note before or no, since. No, he's a comment. He got himself yeah, in there. Like that's exactly. like an amazing story exactly. about how yeah, exactly. like, got to do it. And like I cannot wait and I'm going to on purpose not watch it until yeah, you and I off. do the podcast yeah. that we will eventually I do about it. I imagine that they were because... going to announce somebody by the end of the year. You know, so we're recording this in so, June. Yeah. I would imagine that like they'll announce somebody by the end of the year. Jack Loudon, please. Jack Loudon would be very good. I'll take Daniel Kaluuya if you if you Kaluuya if you if you won't do That's Jack Loudon. If you want to do that thing where Old you're gonna make go for it. Dev Patel, thumbs uh, up. Cool. Yeah, we'll close it up. Yeah. All right. So, um, thank you guys so much for listening, and Rhea, thank you 
for joining me yet again Thank for you. another Bond where for having we me talked back. for two and a half hours. Of course we did. Of course we did. Of course we did. But at least we didn't get wasted no. and start saying things See, like... we're getting older too. We no, only exactly. had two drinks we, exactly. each two and we like yeah, blah, exactly. blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. no. It's not, like we, 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 it's not like we devolved into, but James Bond is so cool, man. Yeah, oh God, yeah. I mean, we that did. Was, like, that, was, are, that was the thing that my dad was like... Those were the like, early days. Yeah, my dad was like... He's just so cool. Yeah, my dad was like... Like your big takeaway was James Bond is cool, and I was I mean, like, he is, he is. But I was like, that wasn't our big takeaway. We were drunk. Yeah, it's we start. That's how over drinkers usually operate. We start <laughs> out really articulate, and then by the time we get to the point of the entire episode, <sighs> there is a moment in that Casino Royale podcast where I was making what I thought was a very valid point, mm-hmm. and I forgot what I was yeah, trying when to you finally say. Finally, got there, and I was like following you but then i couldn't figure out where you were no going, because so and then i forgot where i was going and it was i mean like we laughed and then we uh and then just we just started we, talking about yeah exactly else. because that's the only thing you can do when you're that drunk but we are mature adults yes. now yes, we, we are two and, drinks each but if you want to hear us be uh immature and drunk and weird you can go back to those earlier episodes yeah and absolutely storyscreenpresents.com has loads of other articles and podcasts and stuff sign up for our newsletter hit our patreon and uh, check out all of that fun stuff. And uh, we'll probably get another Bond episode going by the end of the year. By the once end, they, yeah, once they announce, once they the announce we'll probably set up another four or five movies that we want to watch based yep. off of that. And the Her Majesty on Her Majesty's Secret, Majesty's Service, Secret will Service will definitely will be on that one. list. Makes yep. sense. You would yeah. have to do that. Yeah. The reintroduction of a younger Bond. Yeah. I wouldn't mind doing... What was the last more? A View to a Kill? A View to a Kill. I feel like That's we fun. should. Last ones, yeah. We could do a couple we of those. We could do a Die last another ones. day. Yeah. First ones and last ones. First ones and last ones. Could be fun. Here we go. All right. Uh, Rhea, thank you again for joining. Yes. And uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Bye.